Oh my god. <laughs> oh, sorry, boy. <laughs> the beer got the best of me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue. We'll continue what, Stan? Get introduce yourself. One waiting for. Yeah, come on. This is. Oh this yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm Stan the man. I'm Evil J. I'm Shoddy, and this is uh, the continuation of our end of the shit year list. <laughs> well, I just know everyone's been sitting at the edge of the seats waiting for us. Oh yeah, so. dude. Emails pouring in daily. Get that shit out of here. We got to know what the next fucking top ten is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, Stan, uh, how many beers deep are you today? Um, I had two before dinner, okay. and I had two in, or one and a half during uh, our weekly Zoom call yeah. with our patrons. That was a so. mistake. Yeah, we went on there before this call, and I've already had a half a glass of uh, the tequila I poured, and then I've got a half a beer here. So this is going to be worse than part one for me. So be prepared for me hitting the wrong clips <laughs> throughout the episode. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're lubricated. Who wants to start? Same order? Yeah, that's that's fine. So, what do we got? Number seven. Yeah. So, uh, I guess just listen to it, and then we can talk about it. I. It should be something that you two are both familiar with, but I guess let's see. I know Jason for sure. I don't know about Stan though. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, so that was Forestless. That was off of Yuada's album. I'm gonna butcher this too. Dinge. Jin. Din. Dijin. Din. Din. Dijin. 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 Yeah, that was track five off of the album. And um, yeah, I don't know when we first listened to it. I don't know if we talked about it. We did talk about it. I feel like during a cast. We or did a bonus yeah. episode. And at that time, I hadn't really given it. I guess the the time of day. Not because I didn't like them or like any of the previous shit. I just, I needed to be in the right moon, you know, the mindset to listen to it. And mm-hmm. once I got into that mindset, 
Yeah, um, that little passage that I let you listen to, I don't remember the vocals being this good in the previous albums. I don't know if it's been stepped up a notch or if it's just been a while since I've listened to the older stuff, but yeah, the vocal performance is fucking top-notch on this album. Yeah. Dude, this is my most, un well, not like, you know, like, unplayed that I should have played of the year, because I really love this band. I know, I think me and you, Stan, said that it's just, like, hard to top the first album. Yes. So every album you listen to, right? Mm-hmm. It's See, like I guess it's, that's what I was, um, that's what I guess had going for me, is I couldn't remember necessarily the first album that well, so... Mm-hmm. No, that's good. I mean, it's a bad. That's a bad habit to get into when, mm-hmm. when that happens, you know. But that was my problem with. I just. I. It's good. This band is awesome. Like, there's no doubt about it. It's just. It didn't hit me like the first one did, so I'm not. I didn't like it. And go back to it. I should. I, that's shame on me. Yeah, I. Just, I, I did I, like it though. I did like it, and I liked it better than the last one. So I, that's why I knew I needed to spend more time with it. Like there was nothing yep. wrong with it. It's. It is like a thing where the first one is just like a classic to me now. Yeah. So isn't is this one's a little bit darker though than the yeah. first one? Would you? Yeah, it's like see, darker and, and yeah, it's more yeah, just yeah, like it's got a different vibe throughout it. So it's a different that's thing. That's what was that's what was so fucked up to me is because like I'm an idiot and I listen to, so I throw all the you know songs or albums that I like into a playlist and then sometimes I just listen to that playlist on shuffle and then I'd be you know every time a song from this album came up i found myself looking down at the phone being like, who the fuck is this oh that's the uada album mm. and then it happened every single time one of the songs would come on it would just hit me so hard and i'd be like, who what the fuck is this and then i'd look down at the phone oh it's that uada album so it was just like i don't know i feel like i really really liked where it went and how dark it was and where they're going so yeah. I, don't, I don't know they definitely changed it a little bit. Like they go more with some of the like the cleaner guitar shit and like some of them solos and like I don't know. It but it works. I think it works. And I thought the last one was good too, but I just think they, they kind of they did a better job on this one. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This was your number what was this? Where are we on? We're on seven, seven Jason. Okay. That's Take high. notes. <laughs> That's sir. Good Come on. <laughs> what do you have for us, Jason? What do I have for us? Let's listen to it to find out. Clip, clip of the episode. 
That was fucking good. <laughs> That's pretty fucking disgusting, dude. Was, Who was that? Yeah, was what was that? Was that human? <laughs> dude, so disgusting. Under undergang, undergang, undergang. Under undergang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the album. I love that. I don't. They're they're dude. They're from Denmark. I da- they're Danish, and they it's all in their native language. So, Eldrig I Levet is the album. That was track seven. I'm not gonna even try to say the name, but dude, it's so sick. Have you guys checked this out? I did. No, I, I wish I did, but Stan, I didn't. Wait a minute. I just heard the tone in your voice, and I don't, I don't, oh, think, I don't no, think I want to no, hear no, what you no, have it's to say. All, no, it's my fault. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say it's my fault. I don't know who made the decision, but they put out an album in uh, December 4th. That's my problem with it. Oh, okay. I, this would easily be on my list, but it's not just because I didn't. Yeah, see, you I didn't have a chance to fall in love with it. You know what I mean? Mm. Did, did we get this? Did we get this before, though, Jason? Mm-hmm. We did. We did. So. See, yeah, that's the issue. Okay, Stan. so a couple weeks. We had this in November. You had plenty time of time. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have something on my list that came out fucking like the 28th of last month. <laughs> yeah, so nice. I had it for a month. So yeah, yeah right, right. Dude. You're, you're right. It's all excuses. I just didn't give it. <laughs> no, I mean. To my defense, there was a lot of really good death metal that I did fall in love with, so it was hard for me to check out in, in like a newer one. I'm yeah. not familiar with this band either, so yeah. that's a problem too. Poor defense. You should be familiar with them, but either way, <laughs> this is a this is a fucking strong album. And to to your defense, I get it because it probably would be higher on my list had I spent like even one more month with it, but. I've seen it neglected a lot this year, and I think that might be why, because of the re- later release date. But people are kind of fucking up because, I mean, I I love this band already. I love their last one, and um, this one is equal or better, I think, than the last one. It follows a similar kind of thing. They used to do. They're a weird band. They they started off like I think I I sent you to listen to their first album, Stan, and I don't think you loved and it. I didn't like it. No, I yeah. didn't like it. But that's a, that would be a mistake to stop there because mm-hmm. they switch it up all a lot. Like that one was more like bolt throwery, and then they go way more like Finnish dark sewer death metal, like you hear there. That was a, yeah, that was a really good Finnish <laughs> death metal clip right there. <laughs> yeah, dude. It dude. There's so much puking sounds on this album. Like legit, sixty percent <laughs> of it has songs have like a fucking puke. Or some disgusting spit, like just like that's such a good way to put it. I was trying to figure out, like, what what is that that I'm hearing? Is somebody regurgitating into the microphone? And that's yeah. exactly what it is. Like, I'm worried he's got like fucking right. bulimia or something. Like, he's just puking all <laughs> over this thing. It's awesome. It's beautiful though. And I mean, it honestly, is. Oh, is this uh, he stepped up. This is David's vocals. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh. He's he's really talented at what he does. Like, I talked to him um, a few episodes back for an interview. And it was just telling them like how fucked up it is. Like a lot of vocalists, you know, they kind of clean their vocals up as they get on with it. You know, maybe they add more like finesse or whatever. No, dude, this guy just gets sicker every album. But to his defense, dude, I, he, he I actually did that for like two seconds and my throat hurts. That's probably why. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, to me, it's just so weird because he's like, he's also the vocalist of Friendless, right? Um, There's like, I think they both do it. He's like less of the okay. leader in that band, but. Okay, gotcha. He does do vocals. But, I mean, in those it, vocals but, yeah. are just really just badass. Like, there's nothing disgusting about it. It's just good, right? You know? And then you listen to this, and it is like it's disgusting in such the yeah. best way possible. Like, it doesn't sound human, but he actually does like just so much variety and like character to it. Like, I, I love that clip because like, I mean, the instruments are building everything up as it goes until it hits that fucking awesome groovy breakdown riff, 
And like the way he, he uses his vocals throughout it too is just amazing to me. Like if you really listen, some people will write it off just the way he, you know, his vocals are. It's not going to be for them, but he does a I, lot of variation. I think part of my problem with this band is too, like they're so good and there's so much going on. Like I don't, I think it was a bad release to have at the end of the year because it was like, mm-hmm. this is one of those ones you need to dissect. Mm-hmm. You it know? is. And yeah. I didn't have time for that. So yeah, it's not just simple, no. simple, simple riffs. There is a lot going no. on. And they do like the odd, there's a lot of that finished odd weird structures and weird rhythms, you know, like they definitely take some from Demolik, they take, but then they take some of that simple sh- disgusting shit from Autopsy and they just kind of mix it into their own, you know, their own mm-hmm. thing. But man, and uh, it's a good mix, man. They've got tracks like that where it h- hits really heavy, but they also really know how to write like Death Doom. So you might get a song mm-hmm. that's like two minutes and then you might get a track that's like eight minutes and it just all works gives you the right amount of variety so you don't get bored and yeah i just it's fucking great it'll probably be my fuck up of the year like i'll probably be <laughs> shitting over this next <laughs> halfway through next i year, hope you but. at least just like yeah just listen to like the full thing either this one or the one before it no, no i did listen to it a couple times i just didn't get mm. to the point of loving it you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. yeah okay fair enough well what do you have for us all right this one has been brought up i think this might be our first overlap mm. okay <laughs> Nice. It was brought up by you, so I know you like it. Yes, I am. <laughs> what beautiful gem was that, boys? <laughs> that was uh, Jason brought it up a couple weeks ago. Passage to the Hiver. Yeah, I'm walled. <laughs> yeah, I that mean, was, I don't was know. That the second track, or that's the second track. Yeah, yeah. So it's got that melodic section. So in that was Damn. my second choice for a clip. Yeah, I think that's what hooked me on the CD. Like, I never, never, ever would I put a two-hour CD on my end of the year list. I would never even listen to it. First of all, but. <laughs> Something about this one just pulled me in, and then that, that track came on, and I was hooked ever since. Yeah. Uh, it's just so fucking, it's perfect black metal. That's what I said. <laughs> I, I read a review somewhere, and someone called it a black metal marathon, and that's like the, <laughs> probably the best way to describe it. It's just fucking running for two hours straight. Like, <laughs> I mean, he slows down a little bit here and there, but it just goes right back into it. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. It is, it's and funny, that, but, too, because there's so much repetition in it. You know what I mean? It, that's the thing. It, there is, and it's two hours long, and I and never once do I get bored. Right. You know. Right. It just he's got some way of just 
you can do whatever you want and I'm not going to get bored with it. Yeah, it is kind of fucked up. It is, it, as someone posted in the group too, it's like it's like one like long song almost because the vibe mm-hmm. throughout it is so similar. But I don't know. It's a, that's a pretty <laughs> freaking big feat to do to like have that be two hours long Hell and yeah. be okay with it. The My number one thing about this album though is the sound. Mm-hmm. It's so lo-fi without being lo-fi. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So true. Yeah. It's like... It just never, never draining on your ears. It's just perfect. Mm-hmm. You're right. It sounds like that. if you if you if you look at that cover, I know it's a drawing, but it's basically like if you like turn the camera like a little bit to the left, you see a drum set amps. Like that's where he recorded it, like in a forest. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfect, perfect album. Yeah, that's a good point too. Because if you do have those, if it was too lo-fi and grating on the ears, like you're not going to be able to listen to it for two hours. You know? Yeah. Exactly, but it's a fine balance to be able to do that. And I have an album that I'll be that I'll be coming up that I think did that too, and I do love that because man, when you use that lo-fi production, it just sounds so badass. But I do hate when it like when you lose too much from it or if it's too great, you know. Especially a band nowadays, you got to do it good. I think so. It's all been done in the past with the Burzums and Dark Thrones, so you got to do it good. Exactly, he did it. He did it. Yeah. All right, and I think we're uh. On to the next number. Six, six, six. My favorite number. Uh, I guess I get to fucking start again, per <laughs> usual. <laughs> uh, let's just listen to this. What is that, Chad? That is Forgotten Kingdoms of the North by Funeral Mass, and that is the song Awakening the Dragon. I don't think I'm familiar with this, but I was really enjoying that. Yeah, I don't. I think I brought it. The album came out real early in the year. I thought I brought it to the cast. Maybe I, don't I didn't. That. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just like, uh, I mean, you heard the heavy uh, immortal vibe there. Dude, I was just going to um, say, I was weird at the beginning, but then as soon as that a bath type riff came in, I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what. So that's what you get. You get some more clean, beautiful melodic elements wrapped with some of those, you know, immortal type of bath elements. Um, yeah, that I was guess my immediate just, just traditional black metal, but the cleaner black metal. So yeah, I mean, they call themselves frozen black metal, but yeah, it it's just a beautiful listen. The 
a complete opposite quality of what we listened to with Jason's <laughs> last pick there. Um, but yeah. yeah, just uh, beautifully produced. They have, like I said, some melodic elements that come through that really break up just the traditional, mm-hmm. you know, black metal sound that we're used to hearing. So yeah, I just wish listed it. I was, I, like I said, I, yeah, that was really it, good. It pulled me in. Yeah. I loved it. I listened to the fuck out of it when it first came out and then knew it would still make it around to the end of the year. And then, yeah, started listening to it again not too long ago and was like, yeah, I remember why I fell in love with this album. So it's not the longest, uh, unfortunately. I guess that would be my one gripe with it being eight songs long with the, with the filler song. But, um, I mean, in traditional black metal fashion, it, it doesn't leave you, I guess, wanting anymore. Like it, it it fills mm-hmm. the tummy when you get done listening to it. Nice. Okay. Nice I like it. Yeah. Thank you, boys. <laughs> Jason? Uh, all right. Well, this one's been brought up before as well. Um, okay. Let's go ahead and just give it a quick little listen, though. You guys uh, obviously know who that is. Oh, yeah. I picked that clip because, man, if there's anything this album does, especially that's just a progression from the other ones, is like the fucking the choruses. Guitar. And, and oh. The ca- oh, I thought I was going to say just like the guitar, like harmonies. But yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I've got a point about that. But first, it's just the, my thing is it's the catchiness and the way that he no longer just rests on like the guitar harmonies and the riffs and all that. He's put everything together finally. Like, don't get me wrong. There was that before. And on the last album, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of big chorus and big heavy metal moments. But like that right there, I can't put that on and not sing along with that. I mean, the way Mm -hmm. the catchiness of the riff mixed with the catchiness of the vocals and everything else, like it's just professional. Like he's perfected it to such a high degree now. It's insane, dude. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. So do you, what do you feel about the production of this album? I really like it. I could see. I, do you think do it's you? too clean? I think or? it's weak. Oh mm. no, I don't think that. No. At all. Yeah, I think it's well, not 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 in a sense of like not loud enough kind of weak. It's. I feel with these songs. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing against the talent on this album. Mm-hmm. I think it's a sound. That clip was actually a pretty good sound. It just sounded weak. It sounded like that that riff could be bigger. That hmm. chorus could be bigger. You know what I mean? 
I don't. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but I respect your opinion. I, I, I don't think know, man. Div- Divided by Darkness had that perfect, like, huh? Like, oomph. Like this, like, don't get me wrong. It's probably, yeah, it's better songs. Dude, I for sure. I actually have the opposite opinion. Mm-hmm. Granted, I, I should Maybe go I'm... back, I guess, and, but I do go back and listen to that other one. I don't know. I felt this one actually had more power behind the songs. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I know. know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm d- 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 for the record, this is purely production, not his talent at all. Yeah, yeah, like, I get it. I get they're it. awesome songs, but I don't know. I mean, I bought the CD, so I've been listening to it on that a lot. Maybe it's if it's like MP3 versus CD. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know, man. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. So, because I think that you know, I, I heard your point in the last couple albums. Like, I know you were you always said like you know the vocal the vocals are fine, but like you listen for the guitar. But mm-hmm. do you no, no, feel the, hands down vocal performance is amazing on this? Okay, yeah, hands dude. down. He is like he became like a really like awesome vocalist. Like yeah, before it was just yeah, it was musically he got the job done before you know. But now it's like I, something to listen to. I will say I think the vocals are actually very good, like well produced on this too. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it's just the guitar sound is taking <laughs> a little bit away from what it could be. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just for me it works. It works perfectly. I just, I just so much, so much respect for him because I know how hard he, mm-hmm. how much work he puts into like those vocals. Like after talking to him, you know, we talked to him after the last album, the one before that, you know, every time he just puts in a shit ton of work. Like to get, it's not like he's just, just gotten better randomly. Like the dude puts in the fucking work. Like, like what's he gonna sound like on the next fucking album, man? Like he's gonna be like Mariah oh, Carey yeah. level if he just keeps doing this shit. Like, like he just, it's fucking nuts. All I'm saying is maybe maybe talk to Arthur next time, <sighs> dude. Keep doing. It. He, dude, he's good. He is good right where he's at. If Shotty, you're listening, you back? Nate, please. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. It was like it came out when the weather was warm. This was that album you put on sunny summer day. Yep. Sunny yeah. summer day. You want to fucking sing along, belt it out. Oh, that's all you really need. No, it's a good pick. Not yeah, taking away. I hope, I hope you come around to it. <laughs> It, only time will tell on this one. For yeah. Sure. What do you have, Stan? All right. Little spoiler alert. alert. We're gonna go down the death metal road for a little bit. Okay. I'm ready for that. Not, Always ready for that's that. That's not bad.
Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, ne- Necrot. <laughs> yeah, we, we know, Stan. We know who it was. Yeah, okay. I'm just in case anyone doesn't. <laughs> if they don't know, just stop listening. Go fucking listen. Yeah. <laughs> this one was a hard one for me because, I mean, they had the follow-up blood offerings, which mm. that was instantly my top album of whatever year it came out of, you know. Mm-hmm. And... This one was hard, and I honestly, for a while, I didn't think it was even going to make my list. And then, dude, I was kind of thinking like before a, we we recorded, I was like, I was trying to figure out your top like five or six. <laughs> I was wondering because I remember you posted in the Patreon group, like you, you know, it, you you were still like trying to give it some time. It was like right when it came out. Yeah. So I was like, is he going to have it? Did it grow on him? Yeah. I actually waited to get that cassette. I put it in, listened to it, and I was like, <laughs> disappointments. Of, or that's a harsh word. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't blood offerings. It never will be blood offerings. Mm-hmm. That's why it's number six versus number one, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a really good album. I mean, the fucking two things in this. Lead guitar, the solos are fucking awesome. Yeah. It, it just has just as much amount of groove as the last one. But I mean, the leads are really good. Yeah. And fucking Luca, yeah. I didn't really honestly think he was that great of a vocalist before, even on blood offerings. And this one... Like, he paved his way into having his, like, own, you know, his stamp on death metal. Like, he's mm-hmm. a good vocalist. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, like, the first thing I th- noticed on this one. When we saw him live, like, last year, he kind of made me think about him in a more special way. Because I, you're, I started, you're right on that. Him yeah. live is a different story, but. Yeah. Well, I just, even though, and then I went back and listened to the album, and it was like, wow, the way he, like, enunciates some of this stuff and, like, writes catchy parts. Like those single, he does mm-hmm. like a really good thing of like sing along, you know, without necessarily yes. choruses. It's just parts that you know to sing along to. Like I don't necessarily sing along in a lot of like death metal shows. You know what I mean? Usually I'm just banging mm-hmm. my head. But like when we were at that show, it's like I was singing along to a lot of those parts. Mm-hmm. So like he's just really good at that. Yeah, I don't know. I just give him so much credit. I think he, I think he's the reason I, I I fell in love with this album so, as much as I did. Yeah, it was just awesome same with me though man it was a grower of an album and uh, i'm mm-hmm. gonna be honest it's actually not on my top 15 but like, i kind of feel bad about that but I, it's it's because it's gonna grow more on me because every time i put it on it's grown more the first time i listened to the same thing like oh i don't know it's fine you know but it's i think that it, it just must be a grower because it ca- every time i listen to it i'm like i like this more now than i did the time before it it'll be honestly it'll be interesting to see where it falls like you know, 10 years from now when we Mm -hmm. do a best of the decade, because obviously Mm -hmm. blood offerings will probably be high. Will this one even make the list? I I don't know. It's going to be fun to see, but yeah. What's track was that? That was sinister. Will. Yeah. That's what I thought, dude, that song is so sick, especially like the way it begins and everything. It's got Mm -hmm. such heavy, like bolt thrower vibes going on. Yep. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was the first one that made me like, Oh wait, this is a pretty good album. Like (laughs) as soon as I heard that. Actually, if there's anyone out there that's for some reason never heard Blood Offerings and this is the first time they heard this band, I want to hear your thoughts on this because I think most people were comparing it. You know, obviously, it's the first thing you do. So I want to hear your thoughts if there's anyone out there. Yeah, for sure. That would be interesting because I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I'm not going to say yet whether Blood Offerings is better or not. I mean, that was my first thought, but now it's like kind of growing a little higher. So I don't know. Mm. It's a, it's a, to me, they're right neck and neck to me, but I, I, I definitely know what you're saying. All right. Number five. All right. Uh, let's just listen to it.
Yeah, so I don't know how I don't know where I found this album. It was just in my playlist one time. But that was uh Night and Gales off of the album uh, Dawnlight Garden. And that was the song Through Dark Decades. Decades. Kind of a heavy I'm, heavy Thomas Lim- Lindbergh vocal style there. I kinda like that. It's a fucking melodic masterpiece. It's very beautiful. Um yeah, it, it is very, you know, I guess vocally influenced by him at times. But he switches it up just a little bit with some of the higher stuff that he does on the album. I don't know where I got this from, though. I don't know who told me to listen to this or if it was just something that I found, but I fucking loved yeah. it. It was some of the better melodic death metal that I had chance of listening to this year. Dude, this is a really good album. I listened to this for like a week straight. That's all I was doing while biking was listening to this album. It was really good. And then one other melodic death metal album came along. Um, I'll get to it when we get to the, the honorable mentions, but it just kind of blew this one out of the water. But this is like I back this pick one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I have another one on the list that that uh, that you know dethroned this one, but yeah, I don't. I was in the same boat that you were in, Stan. It, it came on once, and then I was like, "What the fuck did I just listen to?" And then yeah. <laughs> just couldn't stop listening to it. So, I mean, if you're a fan of melodic death metal, then I mean, there's nothing on this album that you're probably not going to like. Yeah, <laughs> not nice. a lot to say. It's just solid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's not really a lot to say. I mean, there's a bunch of sound that you're going to be very familiar with, but it's just done in a way that's, I guess, a little bit fresher. You know what I'm saying? They're not taking just the same shit that we've heard and rehashing it. I mean, it does sound like something new, but at the same time, it's like, oh, that's a fucking style that I know that I like. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's a good pick. All right. <clears throat> Mine's a far cry from that. This is the <laughs> this is the, uh, the raw one that I was talking about before. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious if, if either of you guys check this one out, but it's, again, I do think it's raw in a way that's pretty damn listenable. So let, we'll see what you guys think. Yeah. 
What'd you guys think? The year of black metal. <laughs> yeah, dude. It really is. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I really like that ending of that clip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really yeah. cool. <laughs> I wanted to let it keep going, but it was already a long clip. But Yeah, I wish it would have. I wish it would have took like the first 30 seconds off and let it go a little longer. <laughs> yeah, but that's, see, that's the, it was the hard thing about this one. This is one of those where I think it's like eight tracks and they're longer. Like that song might be nine or ten minutes. So... Okay. But you get a lot of that in there. So if you like that part right there, then give it a listen because there's a lot of that kind of shit. Why don't you tell us what it is first? Okay. The band is called (laughs) Lamp of Murmur. Okay. And the the album is Air of Ecliptical Romanticism. The track was the first track of Infernal Passion and Aberrations. I think it's my favorite track on there. It's, It's... Maybe one of the more standard ones he does on there, but it's got a, it's got that really good mix of that like, you know, those big riffing style like Immortal Immortal will do, you know, some of that early '90s black metal. But I don't know, mixes it up enough. But that one has that big big feel to it. But if you get along the album a little further, it gets kind of unique. Like it's got a it's got a good you know uh, flow throughout the whole thing. It's not like anything is drastically different. But he takes the you know second wave 90s stuff uh raw black metal but puts his own like really unique and fresh spin on it which is really weird because it i think if you're a fan of that style of it of the 90s shit you're gonna you're gonna like it but also if you're someone who's like well i've heard all that before and i kind of need something new then that's what makes this one so unique and special i think that's why i had i have it on my list because it's it manages to do both pretty intriguing i'm just looking at him right now yeah, yeah. it's i think it's, it's not not a lot known about him is there no he's a one man it's a one-man yeah. project I, I believe he is in other projects from what i've kind of read but i don't know uh, like what what those are but it, it's very apparent like this isn't his first project because yeah you know what i mean like i was definitely intrigued by that yeah guy. i was definitely fucking intrigued by that clip yeah, I hope I hope you guys check it out because, like I said, it's say it one more it's, time it's, for it's the, a newer for me and oh, yeah. listeners. Yeah, Lamp of Murmur. Yeah, I bought that shit immediately. I bought the demos. The demos are all like name your own price, so you can't go wrong with those. How, how the fuck do you spell? You talking Murmur? cassettes or just digital? Uh, I got them digital. Oh, okay. For name your own price. Yeah, yeah. But I, I bought say, the name full... your own cassettes. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah. Where's the link? <laughs> I was pissed because I wanted to get the album like the CD, but they didn't have that for the, for the, the newest one. So I bought that one oh, too for now. That, that, but if it comes out on physical, I think it, everything else was sold out too, I think. But this album art is fucking <laughs> classic. I love it, dude. It's so good. See, I didn't yeah, see I do. this. If I would have seen this, I would have downloaded it instantly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love, you know, I love like a band from 2020. Just, they don't care. They're just doing it again, Mike. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I got to thank Ooh. David or, or David Bradley from our in our Patreon group because I messaged him back in November. I was just like, I started my, you know, down that black metal trek as the got colder out. I was starting to just really want all black metal. And, and he's always got good taste on black metal. Like, you know, more some of this more raw stuff and stuff I like a lot of the time. And and he this is one of the ones he sent me. And I, ever since then, I couldn't stop listening to it. He was like, dude, the riffs, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you want riffs, here you go. But Again, there's a lot of unique shit going on, especially the later on in the go in the album. It's it's one of those things like don't don't stop playing it. Like give it a full listen because it goes some places. I'm not even gonna spoil it. Just like kind of listen to it. There's a weird X factor, the uniqueness in this album that is why it's on, why it's on this list. 
Why is the digital sure. album $884? Oh, I think it's one of those things where um, that's the label that released the physical stuff. Uh-huh. So they want, they, if you look on there, there's a link where it says buy directly from the artist. Mm. And you go to the other, he's got a, there's another band camp uh. page where you can buy <laughs> it for like 10 bucks <laughs> or uh. eight bucks, I think. I think it's eight bucks. Fucking eight bucks. Just go buy it. Don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think about it. Hit buy. I mean, I will too if I can find it. Oh, support. I see it right here. Here it Yeah, is. it's on there. There's a link. Oh, yep, okay. Yep. 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 Anyways. Cool. Moving on. Is that me? Yeah, Stan. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is. yeah. All right. Let's continue down death metal. So the okay. next, I will say the next three, I can even, guys, I guess you can put the last one. The The last one and the next three it could be interchangeable any day. Mm, but yeah. this is where it falls today. surprised anyone on death oh well wait what did i just click i thought we were at number five yeah would you <laughs> yeah what did you <laughs> click jason god damn it damn it i clicked shot as number five. Oh. <laughs> well okay <laughs> same so, thing so you, you s- obviously you obviously probably don't have to listen to this one it i don't have to death. listen to it <laughs> <laughs> it was uh the song chained to a reeking rotted body <laughs> it's, a, it's a one where you're just like bodies you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's not a lot to say about this album. It's just like perfect fucking groovy death, like sound spot on. And yeah, yeah. I mean, perfect mix of the old school, the modern death. And yeah, <laughs> All right, I'm just going to say it because that's my number four. <laughs> oh, OK, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wait, figured it was no, going to be high stupid. for you. <laughs> this one, Dude. I will say, Ugh. I know you I know you love this one from the first listen. Yeah, this one, sure. it did take me probably a good five listens to fall in love with it it was good but was like i just need to go back to me dude because i feel like it's so immediate like it's nothing overly you know hard to dig into i i went back to my old ways this year and i went down that dirty death so i was listening to old stuff that i loved three years ago all the new stuff coming out Mm -hmm. you know it was just like another album on top of all this other shit so you know i mean okay yeah yeah i see what you're saying yeah, well, I can see what you're saying with that, but I don't know, man. This is just so, it's so fun, it's so catchy, it's so easy to listen to. Like, I can't say the last time, like, because I have this on a CD in my car, and the amount of times, because it, it just starts back to track one, and I don't ever turn it off. Like, mm-hmm. I can listen to this thing, you it's know, just at fun. least a few times in one day. I mean, I got a couple more death metal to talk about, but I will say this is probably the most fun death metal album of the year. Exactly. That. Yeah. I think, I think it is, and I mean... 
you know, it's obviously not what you always want. Sometimes you want it to be darker, dirty, like the undergang one, it's a lot darker and mm-hmm. you know, that's a different vibe or, you know, uh, even Necrot, like Necrot's a lot more serious sounding. Mm-hmm. This one, it's just like a good, it's just a good casual listen. Like I can just, it's something like you want some death metal, you can just kind of bang your head to, but I think the big factor though, too, is like the Florida vibe that it has. Like it, a lot of those early nineties death metal bands, especially the Florida kind of shit and cannibal and all that, you know, mm-hmm. like the bleeding. And I talked about this when we did that interview with Alex, like uh, the vocalist from the band a few episodes ago, like all that shit was catchy as hell. You know, it didn't always have to be just like extremely evil and extremely mm-hmm. st- taking itself super serious. Like, don't get me wrong. I love all that too, but there's a time and place for just something being like, you know, just fucking catchy and easy to listen to. Just bang your head to it. You don't have to overthink it. Mm-hmm. But if you do want to overthink it, like there is some stuff to dig into on this, you know, like I, I have a oh, lot definitely. of respect for this guitarist. Yes. Like the, like good the transitions, way, good. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, just the groove and the riffs. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like the transitioning is like unparalleled. It's like it just reminds me so much of the way Cannibal does it. Like you know, Cannibal they just do that really that thing really well where they can be playing something fast and technical and then like stop on a dime and just go right into like a really cool groove and then it might only last for ten seconds and then boom they're back into something technical. And I feel like these guys do that same thing in a lot of their stuff where it's like mm-hmm. you know they just hit you with a groove you know so seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it makes it sound really simple, but I don't think that it always is. You know what I'm saying? No, hell no. No, yeah. it's complicated in its own way. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they just do it really well. I think if you're a fan of Maggot Stomp, Caveman Death Metal, or something with a little bit more technicality and thought into it, they kind of are like that middle ground, a good a good band right in between. So, mm-hmm. so good. All right. Number four. Damn, Shy, it's brutal. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, uh, let's just listen to it. You should know once it hits your cilia. Yeah, that's uh, the Black Dahlia Murder, uh, and that's their album Verminous, and that was the song Child of the Night, or Child of Night. Yeah, 
I don't no. know. I didn't listen to the last album as much, and then this album came out. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the name of the last album. Don't know what it was. Um, and then this Night album bringer. came out, and I wasn't really expecting too much. And then I listened to it, and then I was like, holy shit, it was a return to form. And then every time I tried putting it down, I couldn't. And then every time something else came out, it was always like the, the yardstick. Like, oh, how does it, you know, fare to that album? <laughs> I fucking loved it. I don't know if you guys gave it a chance or not. I think Dude, Trevor I'm- went fucking ape shit again with the vocals. I don't know if he was a little too, like... I don't want to say monotoned on the last album, but it just wasn't, there wasn't a lot of range going on. There wasn't a lot that I found myself being like, holy shit. And I did that a lot during this album. The guitar was spot on. I think the uh, Alan is starting to fit more in now where his drums just sound natural. Yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think? (laughs) So I'm going to be completely, I I fucked up. You didn't listen to it at all? I haven't listened to this yet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. Wow. I can't believe. Yeah. See, that's so what I'm I didn't yeah. want to happen, and that's why I listened to it, just to confirm I know. It's, or deny it's one of those what things, I was like, thinking. And it I was, always thought I would get to it eventually, and you know, after, <laughs> before you know it, it's December, and we're doing this shit. It's so fucking good, man. It's mm. so fucking good. So, okay. Is it... It sounds different. Is it maybe a little bit more trying new things kind of because i mean they got a pretty pretty much they're the same band you know it sounded like they were trying to branch out a little bit so i guess i'm looking back right now so it was Nightbringers was the last album that was released yep. in 2017 and i would just say i guess that that album as a whole kind of had a darker tone to it dark, dark yeah for sure uh this one but is it was still black m- dahlia the, exactly you know, yeah just feel like they're kind of like the way their their structures were, we're just going one place to another, kind of, you know, maybe trying a little bit more progressive. Uh, no, wrong well, that's, word to that's say. Why you know I, guess, I mean, that's why I guess I said it was a return to form because the structure is more along the lines of what I was used to hearing with them. Um, okay, to be a little bit of you know bullshit, some some fast parts built to a solo, and then they'd close the song out. So. I don't know, man. I think, I, you're, I think you're really going to like it. I mean, I cut it short there. It was so. one of those ones that the minute it stopped, I was like, oh, fuck, I fucked up real bad <laughs> right here. <laughs> so I listened to it. I kind of fucked up too because I only listened to it like twice, like right when it came out. And it was one of those I kept wanting to come back to. And it's kind of like you were, we were saying in the last episode, like, well, you know, it's good. I want to check out some other stuff. Like I kind of, I know what Black Dahlia does. I want to, I want to find some other shit. So Never got back to it. I know I will, but I'm kind of different than, than what you were Charlie saying. Like I really like Nightbringers, and I thought it was fucking great, a really great album. Uh, I remember, that I remember us disagreeing about that. I, I remember, yeah. us, you know, you saying you liked it, and me, I mean, me just being like, eh, meh. Yeah, yeah. Well, so like that one was cool to me because uh, Brandon Ellis. That was like the first time he was on an album, obviously, and uh, the last half of that album had a lot of him, and I really liked that. He just added a different kind of like a little extra heavy metal flair to it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I, and cause I love Black Dahlia, but you know, they got a lot of the same stuff. So I, yep. I kind of like when they venture out and, and on this one, I do remember that happening also. So I think Stan, maybe like that's what you're hearing is just like his different style. Okay. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know this album enough to know like which, who wrote which songs and all that. Like I do on the other one, but I do like what he brings to the table. So yeah, I know I, I need to go say back that- to it. I know it's great. 
So that is something that I guess I've kind of gotten away from a little bit more of while I've been listening to music. I've just been listening to the music. I don't give a fuck about who wrote it, who's on which mm-hmm. tracks anymore. I mean, half the time I'll find out that there was a guest vocalist or something from somebody else just because I don't find myself looking at that stuff anymore. So, yeah, I'm sorry that I can't yeah. tell you any of that shit. It just hasn't no, been yeah. a No, yeah, it's more priority. like I just come across that shit when it's like an interview or something. and they'll, You know what uh, I mean? Okay, and I'm just I like, feel. oh, okay. Yep, yep. And then you can hear it. Like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. That's why it sounds different. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah that dude I mean, brings, I'll give it to this band, though. I mean... How long have they been going and they just been putting out quality shit for, Fuck you know, yeah. you can't go wrong with them. I mean, no. I was, we were, we were practically shitting in our metal diapers when we first started listening yep. to them and they're still <laughs> ending up on my list. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, I, I'm serious boys. I, they, it, it wasn't a pity pick. They didn't get to put, be put on the list just because it was BDM. I mean, they're mm-hmm. fucking... This is a great fucking album, and it really was exciting for me to listen to. I hear it in your clip. I fucked up (laughs) real bad. (laughs) Uh, Jason Duza. So we got mine, so I understand. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Okay, hold on. Say it again real quick, though. What what was it? Oh, it was On Death with uh, Legions of a Different Kind. Okay. Nice. Did you have a clip for it? Was it? I did. It was um, Entranced by the Pendulum. Oh, I just want to hear a second of it. do you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. harmonics man <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a good smile so big when i first heard that, that. <laughs> it's so fucking good <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, i, I, I knew like listening to this like shoddy like i know that's not your like cup of tea like but this is definitely one of those death metal albums you're gonna love yeah no yeah. it definitely flew under the radar but i was liking both clips so good. i will go back and listen to it yeah yeah you should all right well, i might as well keep it going with death metal I mean, this and on death, I mean, you could interchangeable any day. Hmm. Okay. Are we listening first? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs>
You son of a fucking bitch. We gotta change the order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> holy shit, what was that? That's what like clip that? three. God damn it. Is it? Oh, <laughs> so one spot again. Just swooping in right ahead of me. Look Take the fucking spotlight. Damn. So it's funny though, you guys you put it the basically the same way I did though. I mean like <laughs> This one was a little bit above on death, like yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. shoddy. It's faceless burial, uh, speciation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another one that, that was, I had not heard of. You you will really like this. Yeah. Band, though, uh, yeah. I was gonna say I was very surprised to to have. I mean, it's just a modern death from, metal band, but like okay. the technical that's, aspects of it. That's why I put it over like a lot of this other shit. But just well, that's what it's I was like, gonna say because I mean that's pretty techy for. Uh, for you. But it's not like techie. Okay. You know what I mean? They Na- still, I, at the end of the day, they're a straight death metal band. Name again? When I brought I brought this up, Shoddy, a couple, an episode or two ago. Or, uh, yeah. And it was the same thing I, I was saying. We, I think we were both saying it then. Like, Shoddy, you should check this out. Because I think the way I described it then was like, yeah, it's, it is technical. But it's not like technical death metal. It's more like, you know how death got kind of technical later on? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, some, some of that kind of shit. A little bit of Gorgot, stuff like that. But... But at the end of the day, it's it is old school death metal. But but it's not it's not it's not the stuff that you stray away from a little more. It's like it's not overly dirty. You could hear that production. Like it sounds oh, yeah. nice. It sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners, what was it again? Faceless burial. Yeah, the album was speciation. What track did you pick? That was worship. The first one. The end of the first yeah. one. Yeah, dude. That you kind of I think you beat my clip. That was a good clip. <laughs> <laughs> you you nailed where like the cool technical aspects of it. The 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 lead playing in it like. Yeah, like where undeath they, is more like you know, go to get Taco Bell, tastes fucking great. You're not gonna <laughs> complain, you know. <laughs> this is more like you're gonna go out to like a little more fine dining, just to hear a little more, you know. You, you this was like a, a this was like a filet mignon, or a, yeah, excuse yeah, yeah, me, yeah. I'm sorry, it was a filet mignon. That's what it was. <laughs> oh. I don't mean that in terms of like which is better. I just like it's a different style. You no, know, I get it. I get it. They're so there's, different, there's a lot but to for, to. for some reason, they were going head-to-head with me all year long. It was like, yeah, I want to listen to death metal today. Which one do I listen to? And it was mm-hmm. just, you know, they're not alike at all, but... Yeah, no, I get it, though. It was just a matter of me. Yeah, it's just, they're both great. I, I think one of the things about it, too, is, like, the production of it. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds so good, and there's, like, I don't know, like, there's such a weight to the riffs. Like, when it gets heavy, it's real heavy. Everything sounds really powerful, and I think a lot of it's the production. I mean, a lot of it's just the riffs in general, but it just sounds so good. The one thing I like about it is it goes back to the riffs, because whoever's the main guy behind this, or maybe it's the band, I don't know, but they have this way of being technical, but let's say they're getting a little bit too much technical, then they just break, they they just (laughs) go back to simple, and they have the way to transition into where it's never too much technical mm-hmm. you know technicality it's just like they just mix it perfect 100 mm-hmm. that's it in a nutshell right there mm-hmm. all i need to say <laughs> just go listen to it all right, all right. Stan. number three okay let's just listen to it that's the always. fucking standard <laughs> i guess always <laughs> yeah, standard
another one? I have no fucking clue what, what it is. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> is this a band we should know? No, this is a band nobody okay. should know. Okay, this okay. is some <laughs> random shit that came out. Actually, so this was released on the 29th of December, but I, I've been sitting on it for about a month now. So when I first listened to it, I was like, holy shit, that's such a big fucking sound. It's melodic. It's beautiful. It has like everything that I've been wanting in a it's release raw, this too. year. Yeah, yeah. So then I, I started looking into him a little bit more, and it's a fucking three-piece. There's one dude who's playing guitar and vocals. There's some female on keyboards, and then there's another dude on the drums. And they're so like some three-piece out of Russia. <laughs> Just making this beautiful-ass music as three people. Name, please. Ah, the name. <laughs> it's Sky Crypt, and the name of the album is, uh, I'm going to fuck this up, Incept Anarchia Eternity. And the uh, song that I played you was King or Curse. Yeah, Sounds so like you got Stan's attention. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> no, I don't. So here, Stan, I'll just link it for you. But yeah, it's just some, some real, real fucking good, as you heard, melodic death metal. It has oh, yeah, all you, of you the, got my attention. <laughs> the, the big overtures, the fucking, you know, I would say there's, you know, there's some vocal sing-along parts there that you could, you know, throw your fist up in the air. It's just some good fucking music. The whole album just took me by storm. It still hasn't came off of the rotation. We're over, you know, two months in now. It's just a great listen from start to finish. It's one of those musical journeys, you know, the filler song at the start, the filler song at the end, but then it is really just an anthem. And then it's fucked up because at the same time, it's only three people that are doing all this. So I say anthem because the sound is just so fucking big that I was blown away when I found out it was only a three piece. I mean, you can hear the keys now and it makes a little bit more sense where it's coming from. But not knowing that on the initial listen, I was like, this has to be like at least, you know, I thought it was maybe like a five piece up there. And then, yeah, blown the fuck away. It had a big sound, but it was like lacking production a little bit. I don't know if it's just maybe like version you have, if it's like a... Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. My ears aren't that sophisticated, and I'm probably... But, I mean, it says it's 320, so I don't... No, I'm, I'm I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I was actually... I think I was more intrigued by it. I was like, it just felt... I don't yeah, know. I was, I was very intrigued by it. <laughs> I mean, dude, it was recorded at some CDM records in Russia. He mixed I it. I fucking dude love this case just because, like, finding this, like, just off the wall, like, melodic death metal that I would probably ne- there's no way I would ever found this well, ever. That, that's my thing is I hunted for it all year long that's all I wanted was an album like this and I was you know you search for shit like you know what I'm talking about man yeah, Like it's, it's a fucking exactly hunt to find about. gems like this that are melodic that you know fill the itches of what me and you want to listen to and literally after the first playthrough I was just fucking grinning like that one <laughs> asshole in Home Alone when he, he, he swipes the credit card and it says fucking declined and the fucking grin just goes from, I was just like holy shit I got a gem here yeah, it's it, it's a great album you're gonna like it Stan yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> All right, Jason. We can move on, and we're just moving right back to Stan because keep stealing my fucking picks. <laughs> well, again, tell the listeners what your pick was. <laughs> it was a uh, fucking faceless burial speciation number three. Okay, another pick. I'm gonna go listen to after this cast is over. Do it. Do it. Well, I'm pretty sure that no one is gonna have this pick on their end of the year list, so that's a good thing. Who's okay? Yours? Thank God. Mine. Okay. But yeah, it's up there at number three for a reason. Because I right. fucking love it. 
fuck, man? I thought I had my finger on most of the death metal this year. <laughs> I the so I if, if you would actually pay attention to me during the cast, I brought this up long time ago. <laughs> okay, <laughs> pulling one of your cards. <laughs> uh, that was Noroth. It dwells among uh, okay. us. Okay, yes, sounds familiar. It was that just filthy, grimy death metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I brought him away long ago. I it was. Yeah, uh, I fucking one of liked our it list- then, and I fucking liked it now. So I <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just it's it's I I can't. I mean, nothing special, obviously. A lot of groove. Well, I but wouldn't say that. It sounded pretty special to me. It, it's groovy. That's that's what it's got behind it. But like, it's just one of those albums I fell in love with and. We gotta you know, stop saying nothing special, though. Yeah, nothing. That's... What unique? You mean like nothing doing anything new? But it's special to you. It's number three. Yeah, you're right. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, you're. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, if I I could not put. This is one of those albums I could not put down all year long. It's 23 <laughs> minutes. Get in, get out, take a shower. It's so dirty, like just, you know. <laughs> sounds like it was made in the cellar of a basement, and that's yeah, that's the way to my heart. <laughs> It, it kind of reminded me of some of those like undergang like style of riffs and yeah. Do they do? Do they mess around with the finished stuff at all or here and there, or but no. not so much. It's more about the groove. They put those yeah. grooves in there at the right time. Yeah, and I mean a lot of simple riffs, a lot of simple beats, but just I, 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 can, I cannot rec- recommend it more. You know, if you just want simple <laughs> death metal, just go go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it beat out those last two, then I'm gonna have to just listen to the whole thing. <laughs> And Fuck, man. only two versions were released, one on digital, one cassette. I mean, they didn't even try to put out a CD, just cassette. That's it. <laughs> that's ballsy. So, I mean, for me, that's... Oh, I remember me, you that's talking like... about that. That's so ballsy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> nice. All right. Oh, shit. We already broke number three. All right. Number two. All right. Uh, my two is one that we don't really need to talk about because somebody has already brought it up before. And I'm going to butcher the name, but uh, Exotrillum, uh, Exotrillum. No, 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 we said we were going to talk about it here. Oh, I didn't yeah. get to talk oh, about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about it here. Fuck yeah, let's listen to my pick then, or my, my track first. Fuck yeah. 
<laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> a clip starts so good. Just, it's amazing. Uh, the vocals on the track <laughs> on the entire album are amazing. I mean, I understand it's like we we classified it as avant-garde, but I just feel like it's just fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a <laughs> it feels I, so many different genres. I'm sorry, Stan, go ahead. It was another fuck up. Like I I did spend a lot of time with it for that episode and I loved every second of it. And I think it was just more like I knew it was good. I'll get back to it again eventually. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't revisited it since that episode. But like both of your guys' clips, I loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think after that episode, it, it didn't get taken off of the playlist for the longest time. Dude, I mean, but it, I, that's no. the thing. It deserves that. Uh, it really yeah, does. It does. I mean, dude, I forced the wife to listen to it and she was just <laughs> disgusted. I mean, we were on like a road trip, so we're driving in the car and mm-hmm. I was like, no, we listened to your shit for the last two and a half hours. I don't want to listen to that anymore. I'm going to put one album on. And then, uh, yeah, halfway through. This is the through, one you chose. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the one that I wanted to listen to. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, she didn't enjoy it. She put and headphones that, on midway through it, but and that fucking. Oh no, cover. I forgot. I mean, you she can't forced me cover. to put it on headphones midway through. That's what it was. But yeah, that uh, fucking artwork. It. You can't beat it. No, no, I want to get that shit tattooed on my back, <laughs> <laughs> like Stevo, <laughs> but just that the whole image. Uh, uh, yeah, it's honestly a fucking masterpiece of an album. I mean, it will be infamous for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. It's still fresh. Every time I listen to it, it still feels like it's new. Yeah. It still hasn't gotten old. It's just fucked. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what they're going to put out next. I mean, I'm not going to be, you know, the, it's, it's, albums like this, they only, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not expecting them to do anything like this ever again. This was something that was the eternity right. of shog and it's not we're never going to have that eternity again so I, do, I, do, I feel like I do need to correct you right now I'm sorry I'm, I don't mean that be Me that too. dick but him <laughs> it's not uh, they it's him <laughs> him holy fuck so then we're definitely never getting anything like so, this again I'm going to correct feel, you again though oh. and say I think we are going to because but, this we okay yeah. it's funny we were just talking about this on the Patreon uh, Zoom call me and Sam around before this mm-hmm. and uh they were talking about how, like, yeah, this motherfucker learned violin for this album. Like, I knew he played every instrument on this on this album, which is, you know, we talk a lot about one man metal. Again, that play, they play a oh, big deal. This is like next mm-hmm. big level. deal. They play guitar, bass, drums, and vocals. Okay, this guy does all that plus pianos and synths and fucking violin and flute and like whatever else uh, crazy fucking batshit stuff is on this album because there's a lot of it. But he fucking learned it for this album, and it sounds awesome. I mean, what the fuck? And to top it all off, he also released an album last year, a full length, and I think the year before that, and he put out another fucking three-song EP this year. I, I haven't even listened to it yet. <laughs> well, so I wasn't saying that we're not going to have anything what ever as good. It's just not going to be the same sounding. Do you know what I'm saying? And I didn't know that it was no, one I person. I know. No, I'm it's going to be special yeah, in a I, different I, way. Yeah, I didn't know that it was one person either, that it's even more fucked up to me. So, like, yeah, I don't... I will tell you, <laughs> I eat fine. up anything one man, like, obviously. But this is, like, next level, like... This guy mm-hmm. is just fucked. Genius level. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Uh, this is really, you're exactly right, man. It's genius level music. So. Yep. It's so deserving of like number two. Like some days it's, it's just like, man, this is the best thing of this, well, this year. Could, you know, it's just, it's so good. This is everything I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not so blackened, but like this is ev- like his, 
his mindset is everything I want to be. This is easily my number one. I just wish I would have went back to it. You know, mm-hmm, I just, mm-hmm. it kind of never did. Yeah. All right. Number okay. So two. we actually get to go to mine now, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You actually get to talk, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so my number two and one were like fighting really hard back mine and too, forth. Yeah. Back and forth. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like the one that you just kind of connect with just a little bit more, but I don't know. I don't, I have a feeling you guys didn't check this one out. So let's just go ahead cool. and listen to it and see what you take away from it. Jason, right, what is so it, that Jim? Was... Yeah, that was a powerhouse <laughs> of sound, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Ulcerate. The song is Ex- Exhale the Ash from probably the best album title of the year, Stare Into Death and Be Still. It's fucking tough, man. It's just a, that's a good title. But yeah, dude, I don't, did you guys like that? You fuck yeah, I Hell yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I didn't know if Stan, I was like unsure about you with it. I just, I really felt like Shoddy should have checked this one out this year. Cause it's like, I don't know. They were a different band before this album. I kind of liked them before, but never was like, you know, all in. I was just like, they're good. But they kind of did like the Gorguts dissonant death metal sound, you know, technical and dissonant. And then this one comes along and they add in all this extra atmosphere and like emotion and like a little bit of dark melody and it's a whole new thing. Like it just really, really fucking elevates it. And it's almost somewhere between like if if Gore, you know Gorguts and mix it with like a like Fallujah, like because yeah. you know that atmosphere, yeah, and the leads and stuff. I can't get enough of it. I mean, like some days it's number one, some days it's number two, but it's not an album I'll be I'll be putting down like anytime soon. I was fucking digging it, dude. I put it on the what's it called the wish list, and it's gonna get listened to ASAP. That was some dark fucking shit when i say dark though i mean it was just very 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 heavy like i can mm-hmm. feel the pain in that vocals yeah. yeah yeah there's like a density to the whole thing it's all like it's all that tone it's all kind of like dark and like swirling spiraling kind of riffing like it's not it's not like a super riffy riffy kind of an album you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. a little more like it's all kind of about the leads kind of like i guess kind of again like kind of how fallujah will do it where that's kind of like the standout thing. 
And the way they do it in this, where they will start on a lead and it kind of morphs into something else and then they'll do a new, another like change to it, but it all kind of fits in in one package. And like that, I picked that one there because it has like some of those like mid-tempo grooves that it settles into. They do that really well. So it's not just atmosphere. It's not just, you know, yeah, it's not just atmosphere. They keep it grounded with some like really good grooves and stuff like that. So it's just, a, it's a masterpiece. It really is. And the cover's really sick too. Yeah, I listened to it like twice. Really good, but just not my thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely feeling. check that out though, Jason, because I was. Fucking, I do think, yeah, I do. Shawty, yeah, I, think I was like fucking. It. Oh, for sure. It, so, yeah. Jay, just like you, my number one and number two, any day, any minute, it could change. I love them <laughs> yeah, both yeah, equally, okay. but I guess I made the decision earlier. So this is my final. decision. <laughs> You're already like regretting it. You can just hear it in your voice. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm don't regret it at all. I love them both, yeah. but yeah. So this is my number two. Kavakrunu. I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> yeah. oh, Look at the notes. Fuck, yeah. fuck man. Suyuno Samaiten Sota. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a good try. <laughs> I know you what you had him at as number one a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was almost there. I guess today yeah, I was just leaning towards the other one, but God, fuck, I didn't put this album down the whole year. Yeah, I just came to the party a little too late, but I fucking loved this album as well, dude. That one was a good uh, uh, At the Heart of Winter, Immortal kind of, you know, how Mm -hmm. they go to that direction with the heavy metal. But I mean, dude, it doesn't stop. They got riff after riff after riff, and it's just just pure awesome. (laughs) I don't know. Dude, this is probably, what do I want to call this? This is my most frustrating album of the year because, like, I've hit play on this like 10 times. And it didn't didn't click. It's not that I don't like it. Like you played that clip right there and I'm like, fuck, that's (laughs) so good. Loved it. 
But it, it's for some reason, man, it has not like clicked with me, which is like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Everybody seems to like this better than the last one. So, so what the fuck is wrong with me? Is it a me problem? Like, am I fucked up? I actually like, want to love it. So when I brought it up to you guys before, you did, I remember you raving about this. And you reminded mm-hmm. me. I went yeah. back. I listened to the last one. It did nothing for me. Nothing. <laughs> I just went back to this one. I was like this is bullshit. Like, I'm just going to listen to the one I love. I don't know, but hey, I get it. So, I mean, I think the thing that would jump out to me was it, it's either I was in the wrong mood and headspace whenever I would put it on. Mm-hmm. Um, or would I, with the real thing that it was, that would bother me every time was the like amount of those like clean singing parts, the like choir kind of, you Dude, know, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're that, awesome. the thing. What's wrong with you? Well, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying they weren't good. It was just like no, for that's some what, reason. That's what it sounded like to me. It's like the perfect <laughs> I mean, blend. It clearly of sounded like, like you were like, saying, <laughs> "Yeah, you didn't like it." It sounded bad. And it's not like but they draw that's it on the weird forever. Thing. It's, it's not like, like I don't. <laughs> it's not like I don't. It's just it wasn't. I don't know, man. It, for some reason, it just was making it every time it would. It was like coming in so much that I was like, it would. It was just like taking me out of it, but. Then you know what? The funny thing is, I was like, I bet Stan's gonna have this on his list. So I listened to it today, like about half of it, and finally I was like, wait Clicking. a minute. Like, I was like, finally getting into it. So like, there's hope. I think I'm gonna probably end up being like, that should have been like my fucking number one or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it will get there. I really do. And maybe I was like looking for raw shit. You know, maybe I was looking for something that was just a little more intense because this really isn't that. It's like kind of a good time. Yeah, dude. And if you like, like a fucking heroic journey, you know. Yeah. But if if anyone, if you like at the heart a winner at all, like who doesn't, but you know, it's just got those moments that just like, I've been trying to find that kind of moment in music, you know, <laughs> you can't, like that's it's a tough. special album. And then like this one kind of like was the first time I was like, oh shit, I think they might've found this. Like, <laughs> oh. I think the connection is like Bathory, like both Immortal and these guys, like You're I right. think Bathory, you know what I mean? They're doing that Bathory thing. And I think this one, I think that was it again, like those clean vocals that's like going into more of the like Viking era, you know, Bathory stuff where like that was going on more, which I like that. So like, I know there's, I, there's hope to do it. So, but you're right. You're definitely right. If you like that, those kind of vibes, then this is for you. The only thing I didn't like about this is I'm still not gonna, I think I got everything on my list, basically everything on my list on CD. I cannot get this fucking CD and it's so frustrating. It's so high on my list and I can't get it because it's just like fucking finish only. Oh, oh Let's just sucks. move on before I get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Good pick. I will be keep trying. I'll be there soon. Alright. Oh, wow, we're here. The number <laughs> album of 2020. A weird fucking year, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> three albums from three jackasses that got us <laughs> through this year <laughs> yeah. alright let's listen to it first boys
was that, man? I know. I don't know any of your picks. All right, boys, that was uh, Serpent's Oath. That was the name of the band, and the album was Nil. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, and the song was Leviathan Speaks. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Some, you uh, have, like, the most, like, <laughs> everything I think Jason brought up, I checked out. <laughs> most of your shit I have not, like, even heard of. It's uh, cool. I don't know, some cleanerish <laughs> black metal from the Netherlands uh, is all I really know about oh, them. Dude, I was not hating it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just some fucking, like Belgium. I said, the year of black metal. <laughs> In one way or another, this (laughs) was the year of black metal. And this fucking album for me, I guess, kind of encompassed that year for me. So it kind of had a a little bit of everything. Um, A little bit cleaner, I guess, than I would have liked. But everything else on the album just overrode any of the... I mean, the riffs I was hearing, you needed more cleaner. uh, You know, actually... Mm-hmm. And some of the shit that they do on the vocals too with the with the double harmonics with the growls you wouldn't hear that shit on some lo-fi stuff so I just forgot about how much I loved the lo-fi when I was listening to some of your guys' picks <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that's yeah. the thing though I, I agree completely 100% like black metal in some way shape or form it had an awesome year and a lot of that cleaner newer stuff like there was just some really good stuff that came out and, like, this is one of those. I mean, I was very intrigued by this. Just fucking throwing surprises at us left and right. I like it. Yeah. It took a lot to beat out number two, but it was, uh, it was such a fun year. listen. And it was more fresh. I guess that, that was another thing that led, yeah. you know, more into the, the decision. It was a more recent. More exciting, uh, more new. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Last year, what, we had, I don't know how many picks the same. At the same spot, and then this year, nothing. <laughs> yeah. <It was> awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then you and Jason Sharon picks this year. What yeah. the fuck is this? What, where's the, what's the cahoots? <laughs> no cahoots here. <laughs> I talked to him minimal. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think you're going to have this one as your pick, Stan, after you were talking down on it last episode. <laughs> oh, was I? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's listen to it. back yeah yep. no idea i'm pretty Stand sure ring a bell yes 
I didn't think you would have this as your number one. <laughs> no? No. Yeah, well, I fucking, yeah, obviously it. love this album. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is Wayfair. Album is A Romance with Vi- with Violence. Oh. And that was, yeah, that was track three, The Iron Horse, Gallows Frontier, Act Two. And uh, I will give you this. I was very, uh, I was very into that clip. <laughs> okay. Okay. I wish I could have played like another two minutes because that song like erupts into like this really cool black metal like moment because you know the closest thing this could be called is black metal but it's not really you know it goes all over the place but they it's still like the root of the band and uh it really fucking erupts into like this really cool part of the song but just don't have enough time for it but yeah this is a special album to me like this band, I've had, you know, I, I've known about them for a while. We actually played a song from them back in like, God, dude, like the first year of this podcast. Hmm. I don't, you guys don't probably don't remember that. It was like a long ass time ago, and uh, it was from like a few albums ago. But they do. They're from Denver, Colorado. They, you know, share uh, the drummer of uh, Blood Incantation, and uh, you know, the, two of the couple of the guys play in the band we talked about the other day. Um, Stormkeep. Stormkeep. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of talent in this band, but so they, they're from Denver, Colorado. And the whole thing with this band is they just really take on the history and the sound and the atmosphere like of Colorado, like whether it be like the plains, the mountains, they've done kind of all of that. And like this album, they take they've taken it to like this new level where it's like the old West. Like you can, you can hear it in, in every song. It's like dripping with like frontier town, old west like you know western movie style like just all that kind of stuff and like i've talked about enough times on this podcast how much i love like going out west hiking all that kind of stuff i'm kind of like obsessed with that and that region and like kind of like you know the history side of it all that kind of shit like i love all that so this was like the fucking perfect combo like this does all that and and it does it in a like perfect perfect way but Stan, like what I know, like when you said last time, I know you didn't say you didn't like it. You just said you like Stormkeep better. But what did you think of this album? I knew, I really need to go back and sit down and not do anything and listen to it. I that's what I I, I can't mm-hmm. give a fair. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I know it's good. I've seen it on a lot of lists, and I know it's good. It just it didn't latch on to me yet. I really need to mm-hmm. give it a, a a solid chance. I'll get back yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. It's it's worth it. Like it's a special album, man. Like it's so built around it's like watching a movie. Mm-hmm. It's got and that's purposeful. Like it goes through acts. It and that's you know, the finale is a finale. Like it's it's cinematic, man. Like you feel you can feel what's going on in each song. And that description the way they capture that is makes me more intrigued. Like that means it's something more than <laughs> what it is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's what elevated it to number one. Like it's just, it's a special, special, um, the thought that was put into it. And, you know, if you know some of the stuff behind it, I'm not going to say anything more about it because actually at the, after this is done, we, there's an interview with uh, Shane, the main, you know, the main guy behind this project, vocalist, guitarist and all that. Hmm. And I, we went into all that in like greater, much greater depth. So there's really no point in me rambling about it anymore. But yeah, I, I'm obsessed with it. It's an album. You know, when I make my list, I try to pick stuff that I think I'll be listening to, you know, from years down the road. And then there's no question in my mind that this one I will be. So that was an easy, easy pick for number one. So I will get back to you in about three years on my opinions on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> well, we're ending on me. 
Fuck. Yep. Yeah. You got a lot of pressure on you right now. Yeah, I I'll tell you, I'll I'll be the first to admit it. I would never would have thought this is my number one, but it's just I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Uh just listen. <laughs> it's a good like, clip. What are we uh, it's a good yet. clip. <laughs> You fucking love this band, don't you, Stan? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I do. I want to hate them. I knew you were going to have it. I want to hate them. As one number one, though, I mean, fuck, I could not. No, I did not think that. No, I could not put this album down. I mean, if you look back, like I said, number one and number two were interchangeable. Stan, for, the, view, for mm-hmm. the viewers, who who was it? Oh, Anal and the Thrak. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Darkman. <laughs> But I mean, number one, number two were interchangeable. I should give it to number two because they're a way better band. But it's just one of those, you know. I mean, I can't stop listening to it, and it clicked every level. I think it. I think the biggest thing was it brought me back to my. It has those moments of like metalcore, like the metalcore days, like yeah, like Do you just mean like with the big clean vocals. That, but Isn't also it? like the riffing. It's more the riffing. They have that, like, oh. the catchy, you know, you hear it in a metalcore song, like that one little riff that's huh. here in the whole album. That's the only thing good about the album. But, you know, this whole thing is every riff, every, like, hook, every every drum beat. It's like, I don't know. I, could, I just could not stop listening to this. So it was funny, like the other day I was like trying to think, what are these guys going to have on their list? I want to check out some albums that I know they're going to talk about. And I was like, I know that Son of a Bitch is going to have this on there. So I checked out this album. I only got about three songs in, but I, I don't think I was fully in the right mood. You know, you kind of have to be in the mood for like, <laughs> I did. Yeah, turned it off. Dude. And I was like, I was like, it's not bad. I was like, it's just not, I don't know if it's for me. And I, I've had that experience with them a few times, even though I get that. I think I liked the last one. It's not like I don't like it, man. It's like I think you just really I have to really be in the right mood for it, See, but it's it's not fully for me. There's it's just like you said about one of the other albums, it's a lot, dude. It's just a lot. It is. No, it is. <laughs> in like the last album, I that was like the stepping stone. That one was like okay, I dig this band <laughs> mm-hmm. even though I don't want to. I dig them. So what are they going to put out next? And then this one and like it's it's two things. I mean, it's only two guys, but the songwriting. I mean, this guy knows how to write a song. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. He's got multiple bands that just kills on all of them. But then you put this guy's vocals on it. He just this one. The hooks are just 
I mean, you heard it. I mean, <laughs> he's so brutal, but then he just like sings so pretty, and oh man, <laughs> it is wild. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it's a wild ride. Mm-hmm. I'll, I will say that it's not gonna leave you bored. You you're, you're fucking 110 the whole. If time. you would have came to me on January 2nd last year and said Anonymous Rex is gonna be your number one album, like I would have been like, fuck, go fuck yourself, like. <laughs> but no, I mean. <laughs> It is what it is. I stand by it. I pre- I respect it. Yeah, I respect it. I like it. But the the best thing was there was one member in our group that felt the same way. And fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? It was Mark. Okay. Yep. <laughs> nice. I was like, I seen it. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm doing this. <laughs> well, Gave you like the moral yep. support. Well, this actually transitions nicely into the honorable mentions because yeah. I actually had this on that list. So you actually went back and yeah, oh yeah, I loved the album. I just didn't give it enough time. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I get it, feel yeah. like I could have thrown it on the list, but I, I it was good. I I every time I listened to it, it, it did make fun. me smile. It's yeah, so fun. Dude. Exactly, it's such it a good smile. album. It is, it is fun. <laughs> yeah, this and I actually had that Havana Rukuku. Ba- yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I had that album also on my honorable mentions list as well because I felt the same way, Stan. I loved that album as well, but just didn't spend enough time with it. So last year we had number yeah. one and I believe number three, the exact same. This year, yeah, my yeah. number one and two are your honorable mentions. Wow. Yep. Yep. And then I'll just f- finish off my, my list real quick. I had Luan ripped to shreds. Nice. That was oh, as yeah. dirty as I went this year, um, and I really enjoyed it. And then uh, one that almost made the list was the Vader album, Solitude and Madness. I see. That's one um, of those ones I got to get to. Just It was just some good old school shit. Like you guys have yeah. said before, you know it's good. You probably just need to sit down and listen to it. But yeah, on any given day, it could have easily been on the top 15. So, yep. All right. Um, I'll go run through mine real quick too. Uh, the five that didn't make it. The first one was so close to being it was Folter, Folter Camera. Folter Camera. I'm going to talk about it in another episode. I want to play a clip, but I'm just going to say this black metal mixed with legit opera singing. Okay. Fucking awesome. So fucking good, but I want to talk about it in more detail. So, um, and then Imperial triumphant. Oh, so close. It's just, man, it's hard to listen to a lot because it's fucking dense and it's avant-garde and enslaved out guard. Also really like that one. Played that one a shit ton. And then black curse brought that up before Mm -hmm. crazy fucking mix of death and black metal. And then the last one, dude, I want to tie between atramentus Funeral Doom almost made my list, which is fucking crazy. But when you take the dude from Chithilis and have him do a Funeral Doom album, mm-hmm. that's what you get. And uh, Necrot would be like the tie. Like, I just want Necrot to be in there so bad. But All right. What about you, Stan? Uh, I got Spirit Adrift, Rotting Out. I mean, hands down. Shoddy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, fuck yeah. Ripped to shreds. <laughs> that was on my list yeah. for, that was a top five forever. And it just. Dude, I really thought it was going to be on your list, man. Yeah, I mean. It was. Um, Terminal Nation, that fucking... Yeah. That and that yeah. and Undergang were like my... What's my number 20 pick? But my number 16 okay. pick was... Uh, I, I'm sure you guys haven't heard of it, but Rearmed, uh, Ignis... I think at, you played it once. Did I? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you did. I thought oh, you did yeah. too. Maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, finish, uh, finish Melodic Death Metal. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, with, the, with the thrasher side of it and just... Yeah, awesome. Fuck yeah. I'll probably put out a little longer list for... I've decided I'm doing a a top 49 so I can do that nice little picture. 
seven by seven. Oh. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Well, I don't know. 2020 sucked, but we I, got a lot of good albums on this yeah, list. Yeah, we did. Let's uh, hope 2021 is a little bit better. If it's a little bit better, then I think we should be in the live good shows. fucking, you know, hands. Dude, I like yeah, this year. We just need the live shows and everything will be all right. Yeah. Yeah. I need sweat in my face from another human again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> well. All right. Let's fucking wrap it up because we got this interview to do and this was a long ass episode. Oh, yeah. But if you guys want more, we got a big show coming up for the Patreon. Patreon bonus episodes. We got our annual Into the Combine fucked albums or fucked award show. Lots of categories. Like what, Stan? Uh, artwork of the year, male performance of the year, female performance, uh, riff, groove, uh, now solo. Um, the most important host of the year. Yep. Moment of the year. Yep. Yeah, it'll be good. So there's that. Yeah, plus... Plus, we've got the one we just did, which was our awards of the worst fucking albums of the year and songs of the year. So that was pretty good, too. So, yeah, so if you guys aren't over there to check that out, if you guys aren't Patreon, check it out. We've been doing a shitload of stuff this year. Maybe it's because we're all bored because of a shitty year. But <laughs> what do we got? We got fucked album yeah. of the year. We've been doing online covers. We've been doing. uh, Yeah. Stan just put out the new dismember cover with a couple of the Patreons, which was sick. Yeah. Very sick. So if you guys want to look, just- look out for an our. An, an, in our normal episodes, we'll have uh, we're gonna keep bringing on like probably a Patreon member per episode, bringing on their shit, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably it though. So definitely have trivia this year, so much stuff I'm mm-hmm. going to go over there. Yeah, but so yeah, take a listen to this interview. It was really good. It was long. I didn't expect it. We were, you know, it was just so good. It was a good talk. So it was it was a longer one, but I hope you guys enjoy it. So yeah, well, I'm staying the man. I'm Evil J. I'm Shadi, and you guys stay metal. have you been playing guitar like when did you when did you start down the path of uh of guitar uh i started playing guitar i think i was i think it was like 11 maybe 12 um okay and i don't know i was just a stubborn kid who uh hadn't showed much interest in music but i did like you know metallica and pantera and stuff and uh i think i ended up getting a guitar as like a gift or something a guitar that I wanted just because it was a BC Rich Bronze Series Warlock and it looked all spiky and cool. Yeah. I don't know if I ever actually believed that I would play it, but then I kind of 
got duped into taking lessons just by going, you know, I would go to the guitar stores and stuff, even though I didn't really know what I was doing just because I like to look at stuff. And there's some guy working there that was doing the like, you know, classic guitar shop shredder guy stuff. And I was like 11 <laughs> yeah. or 12. So I was like, well, this is great. And he's like, cool, you should take lessons from me. And I'm like, I don't know about that. And then, you know, I was just like, I don't want to learn church chords and all that boring stuff. And he's like, well, what do you like? I was like, I like Pantera and this. He's like, well, I'll teach you Pantera and Metallica. And then next thing you know, I'm learning how to actually play guitar against my own knowledge. (laughs) That's cool. I had a, uh, I had a guitar instructor that was really cool like that too. Like he, he would slip in like the theory and everything, which again, I was the same way, you know, I was like, I just want to learn this tab or whatever. So he would have me bring like a song to him every week. He'd tab that out for me. And teach me that but yeah he would slip in the other stuff too yeah that's what you gotta do with like shithead kids like us you know i mean because <laughs> otherwise yeah they're yeah. not gonna get anywhere but it's it's kind of a genius way because you're like okay well you know if you want to learn this song like it's got this little like scale progression or solo part and if you need to know how to do that you got to know how to do this and it's like well okay fine i'll learn to do that to do that and then yeah next thing you know you've yeah. just learned a lot of actual technique and theory along the way and then you know i think by the time that I had realized I had been had, then I was just already doing it. So it's like, well, okay, I I guess I'm just going to learn guitar now. (laughs) Yeah. How much do you think all that like theory and all that kind of stuff played out and helped you like along the way? Like, was it a big part for you? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I still, to this day, I'm, I'm one of those ignorant guitar players that, uh, I still don't read sheet music. I, I don't know how, I mean, I can, I just, it's fairly agonizing for me to get through. Um, yeah. So, but but I think I learned a lot of theory in like an applied sense, you know, where it was like these these scales kind of do these sorts of things, these chords transition well to one another, where, you know, it is music theory. It's just not so much the language of it, like, you know, the identifying mm-hmm. like key changes or, or what have you. Um, and, and yes, I mean, I still feel like <laughs> kind of illiterate in that way, um, just in terms of communication in my band, for example, I just kind of limp along because, uh, you know, like I said, I've, I've kind of learned it in an applied sense. So I know intuitively sort of what I intend to do, but when it comes to communicating something like a time signature or whatever to a drummer, my other guitar player who actually, uh, further along in that whole, he's very schooled in all that. So he's kind of the go between, you know, when something needs to be communicated. Cause I'm just like the, uh, savant idiot guitar player <laughs> who's like, oh no, you know, guitar go burr. These uh, these parts sound cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, that guy, uh, I mean, Joe Joe Tricelli, who plays in Wayfair now. So that original guy who was giving me lessons back when I was twelve or whatever, he was just kind of some weird, probably later thirties, you know, long haired music shop dude who, of course, I thought was cool because I was twelve, and uh, he taught me and he taught several other guys, and he was definitely like a a pretty virtuosic shredder, you know, G3 type of guy. Like, yeah. Um, liked all that excessive shreddy nonsense. But he, his most advanced student was Joey, who now plays in Wayfair. And after like a year or so of taking lessons from this guy, which he was really helpful to me as a, a kid, um, but he was kind of an odd dude. And he just like up and moved to Germany one day. Um, we'd never really found out why. It was just very short notice. He was like, oh, moving to Germany. And, uh, <laughs> And so he passed me along to his most advanced student to take over, which was Joey, who by that time was probably as good or better than him anyway. Wow. Um, and so since Joey's like seven or so years older than I am, um, I was, you know, like 13 or so, and he was maybe 20. And 
he was teaching me for a couple of years until it got to the point where my parents were like, all right, now you have to pay for it. And I'm like, well, I don't have a job. So there goes that. Yeah. Um, and then we, we stayed in touch over the years. And um, I had formed the band with a, a different high school friend who we used to kick, kick around riffs, even technically under the name Wayfarer, way back then, but it just never formed a full band or got recorded or anything. But we kind of started down the path. Joey actually helped us record our first like demo and then uh, he did those first couple albums, and and there was one or two times where either Tanner, the old guitar player, or Jamie, the bass player, um, couldn't go on a tour or something. And so I was still in touch with with Joey, and we just like tagged him in. And then uh, after the other guitar player left, it was like, well, do you want to just join the band? And it came full circle. That was that was nice. a lot more information than you first asked about music. No, here. that's <laughs> no, that's super interesting. That's that's a cool way for that to happen. I mean, obviously that the talents there in the band, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's you know it's still like we've been he's been in the band proper for close to four years already, but it's still like you know I'm still like honored that that's the case, just because this is somebody that I looked up to a lot yeah. when I was young, and he can still play circles around me in terms of you know technical guitar ability. But this was just kind of the project that I and the other guitar player had started. And then like Isaac and, and Jamie, the drummer and bass player, joined and we kind of cultivated. So, you know, it's it's an interesting like reversal where, you know, he kind of joined our project after he was the one to teach me. But that's just Joey. He's all like right. he's a very humble guy. And, you know, he's just all about creating music. So, you know, with none of us, that's not like we're not a shreddy technical band. So it's no no like, you know, trying to one up each other with that. It's just boring old black metal cowboy chords all the time so you know it's all just focused on uh yeah what the what the best what the best sound is and it's yeah it's really cool right. to have him there but in terms right. of music theory to get back to it you know i think it is infinitely important i just learned it in a uh atypical or you know lazy way a lazy guitar player way where it's just like you learn all these songs and you kind of pick up on what they're doing and you kind of start doing similar things um, so it is, you know, the application of that theory. It's just not so much like pen and paper and breaking it down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people are approaching it that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Guitar is kind of easy to do that way. You know, it's like uh, there's so many jokes about guitar players as musicians that I agree with basically all of them um, where <laughs> yeah, my, my drummer, who is actually a guitar player himself. So it's, you know, it's tongue in cheek, but he has this sticker on uh Isaac has this sticker on his symbol case that says guitarists are not musicians. And, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're kind of right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, hey, that's me in a nutshell. So Hey, we're on the, we're on the same team. <laughs> what about, uh, like, so you said, like, even when you were 11, you were, you were vibing with some of that early gateway metal type stuff. Like, was that your, your gateway to it? Like, wh- like, how did you get to, like, where you are now? Like, did you have people showing you shit along the way? Or were you just kind of exploring it all for yourself? Uh, it was definitely both. Um, yeah, I got into... You know, that sort of stuff. And, and I mean, honestly, this is like the early 2000s and I was 11 and 12. So I was also listening to Korn and Slipknot and God knows what else. But, yeah. um, you know, the things I latched onto the most were like Pantera. Pantera was like my first like favorite band. And in my initial learning of guitar, that's that's where my focus was. You know, it's like that Pantera, Metallica, uh, riffs and solos type of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think it was actually um, then Joey, who, like I said, was like seven years older than I was, seven or somewhere around there. Um, so, you know, he was like in a late teen, early 20 something. So he was more exposed to more like extreme metal stuff. 
and he kind of started to show me some of that stuff in the context of lessons. And then I would just kind of tag along with, with him and his crew to go to like shows and whatnot, which I really appreciate them taking along some little kid at that time yeah. to go with them. But yeah, I mean, I think I was 13 and he took me to see Opeth and uh, we went to like a, wow. Ni- a Nile decapitated show, a creator show. So that was, yeah, I think that was a lot of the gateway because then Opeth became the thing like right around age probably 13 or so I dove deep into, you know, Opeth, Children of Bodom, things like that. But yeah. Opeth in particular was eye opening for me and really kind of set me on the whole path that ends with like Wayfarer now, just in terms of, you know, anything before that was just heavy riffing for heavy riffing sake for the most part. And to get into something that combined the light and dark textures and, you know, had these like really long thought out storytelling kind of compositions mm-hmm. that hit me huge at that age. And I really dove deep into it. And that's that's carried over to now. And I think after that, you know, I, I went to shows with them for a while and then kind of started doing my own thing. And I I don't know. How how old you are if we're like a similar age, but um yeah, thirty two. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm twenty eight. So we're we're in in that similar kind of generation mm-hmm. where you know we were like the the in between generation of of like um digital media and yeah and the like physical media for sure. And so you know as at that age I was just buying up CDs all all I could like at the local record store that carried a lot of metal and all that. I would just pick up all sorts of stuff just based on the cover. Or, you know, what the sticker recommended to other things. And I was reading uh, Metal Maniacs, that magazine that mm-hmm. recommended a lot of cool underground stuff. Because there were the other metal magazines, too. But I think picking up that one for whatever reason when I did, you know, they had the sections with, like, some, you know, like, black metal demo reviews and, and shit like that. That um, at, <laughs> a, at a young teenage, I'm just like, oh, what's all this stuff? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. just trying to find anything I could. So I think from there, you know, it just kind of spiraled out of just diving in and finding anything and everything I could with with those magazines and then eventually the internet yeah yeah and made it quicker and easier for sure that's funny man that's a young age 13 to really be diving into some of that stuff it took me a lot longer than that that's for sure definitely and i i totally you know credit or maybe blame uh (laughs) like my yeah joey teaching me guitar and uh again (laughs) letting me letting me come along as like the the little kid to all this stuff because otherwise i don't know you know it would have taken a lot longer it was just I was, yeah. you know, met somebody who was into all that stuff and, you know, we'd be at practice. He's like, oh, check out this band and this riff. Or like, we're going to learn this Children of Bodom, you know, guitar lead, especially learning to play guitar back then. That was like the thing that we were trying to do is just all that neoclassical tread yeah. that I can't even begin to do now. But right. I could do it. <laughs> I think I was a technically, technically speaking, a better guitar player when I was like 15 because that's all I could do. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> It's funny. I'm always interested in like some of those like um, not necessarily the gateway bands, but like those bands that lead you on to more because I mean like Opeth is a perfect example. That was one for me. It's like I was listening to much more light stuff, lighter metal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I had a teacher that gave me Opeth and it's like, you know, it, it was like a little bit much for me, but it's like you get those super death metal growls. But then like the, the music part of it is like mm-hmm. so much easier to latch on to and so you take that you know i took stuff like amount of mouth where it's mm-hmm. like similar vocals are heavy but it's you know it's melodic and then right. you're like okay now i'm used to those death metal vocals and it's just kind of funny what people find as the one that kind of like sways them to go that way yeah no totally yeah you need that that gateway drug for sure and uh <laughs> yeah yeah i think it was open for me and like you're talking about you know finding then the the heavier stuff from there i do remember you know again at that age just 
looking for anything I could find type of deal. And I think Century Media used to have these like CD compilations that they would sell at the record stores and even like Hot Topic and stuff for like five bucks. They would have like yeah. two CDs, you know, just promotion for all their bands. And I do remember getting one of those when I was in the eighth grade around that time of listening to all that stuff. And that was my first exposure to like death and black metal, really. Um, okay. Like uh, I think the the first death metal band I ever got into was Bloodbath because they were on one of those. And right on, yeah. The first black metal band I got into was actually Borknagar because of the same thing. And then from that, I found like Immortal and kind of started diving deeper from there. Yeah, that's cool. I I miss. I mean, I know they still do the compilations. You know, you get them on Bandcamp right. or whatever. But I was thinking about this the other day. It almost seemed. Do you think like, you know, you got like Spotify playlists now? Mm-hmm. You know, like like playlists. Is that the new compilation, or or do people still like, uh, you know, check out the compilations? I guess I don't know. That's but. I don't know either. That's a good question. I would think that they don't at least as much as they used to, just because of yeah the digital stuff that's available. Now I think it's all that you know like algorithm stuff. I mean, there are the yeah. playlists that people follow for sure on YouTube and Spotify and whatever. Um, I've never really done that because I'm always been a full albums type of guy. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I know that see, like every once in a while we'll end up on one of those playlists or something, and some of them seem to have a pretty big follower base. So apparently there's people doing that, and then definitely the algorithm thing, you know, with like mm-hmm. Spotify and Pandora, where it's just like one thing ends, and they just like, well, now you're listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> and that's true. Yeah, you either yeah. like it or you don't. So I guess that kind of fills the role. But you know, everybody. Everybody always looks back with rose tinted glasses, and I'm I am <laughs> yeah. definitely one of those people where it's like, oh, it's not the same as mm-hmm. just buying one of those CDs, but it probably is the same realistically. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> what about um, you know, the history side of things? Because I mean, obviously, on this new album, you know, you guys really steeped it, you know, big time with these American history, American West themes, like. Was that something that you've kind of always taken in or is that something that you've just like more recently gotten interested in? Like what's your background with that? Uh, it's definitely something that's always been around. I mean, pretty much all of us are from, you know, Colorado, born and raised. Um, I think Joey actually moved here from Arizona as a teenager. But it's, you know, it's it's steeped in the culture here. You learn about that sort of stuff in school here, especially as like a, you know, Western, originally frontier city. And then, uh, honestly, you know, at a young age, I've always been into film, like horror films and and other things like that. And I I definitely, from a young age, got into Westerns. Also, I was exposed to a lot of that. My my grandfather on my dad's side, who actually just passed away a few weeks ago, he Mm, used to um, run this ranch up on the western slope of Colorado, just, uh, you know, on the west side of the Rockies. And and he, he definitely lived like the cowboy lifestyle and 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 growing up you know i just kind of assumed that that's what he always was um it was funny to later learn from my dad his son where my dad's like yeah i mean we grew up in the suburbs of la (laughs) (laughs) wow actually he just bought a ranch and became that guy but you know to me that was their their life and uh we would ride horses and shoot guns and and all that up there and he also would, you know, at, at the nights, because we, we would spend a couple weeks up there every summer, and at, on the nights we would just watch, like, John Wayne movies. And I think, hmm. you know, that that was then seated in me as a, a child. And then when I got into the film and just being, like, a general movie geek as a teenager, I really fell for the Sergio Leone westerns, the Once Upon a Time in the West, and, and you know, Fistful of Dollars and all those. 
Yeah. So uh, that was a lot of it combined with being from Colorado where a lot of that history is clearly here and there is, you know, a lot of like traces of it and kind of aesthetics of it here and there. Um, and then musically, sometime as a teenager, I also got into all this Denver sound stuff. That's like a very, very unique little niche of music here. Okay. Um, you know, you've got Woven Hand and 16 Horsepower, the band that David Eugene Edwards first came from, Slim Cessna's Auto Club and all of their family of other projects like Monday and the Lubricolians and things like that. And that was just something I stumbled upon because of a weird connection to metal, actually, where I did listen to some non-metal stuff, but I was mostly just, you know, like a metalhead. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was this band, I think it was that band, Wake, Wake with an R from uh, okay, yeah. uh, Arkansas. Yeah, great band. Um, that they played a couple shows with Woven Hen. And again, at that age, I was just checking out anything I could. So I like checked that band out because they had played some shows with with uh, with Wake. And I listened to it and I was just like, what the hell is this? This is like this whole, you know, other incredible thing. And it, and it did feel like the West, you know, and it, and it had some like Native American overtones and just like general kind of Americana, Gothic country type of feelings. And I was just okay. like fascinated by that and, and started to kind of retroactively dive into all the other Denver Sound stuff from there. Because even being from here, you know, I had heard some of those names and stuff, but it's it's still even like a... A, a small corner here that's like you know those those who are like in the know and into that stuff were into mm. it but they're not even not not near as well respected in town especially at that time like 10 15 years ago as they should be for you know what i think is like really creating a whole subgenre of music but anyway i got really deeply into that too and uh, my other bandmates are really into that as well i i probably you know, push it even further with them just because that would be like a favorite thing that I would play on, on tour and stuff. But I think that was kind of how it came into the band was, was through that angle where everybody in Wayfair is like really big into music in general. And, you know, we've all come from metal in one way or another, but also everybody listens to truly a wide variety of a lot of stuff. I know a lot of people say that and, but it really is like everybody in this band just listens to all sorts of music and like, you know, we're all kind of music nerds that really like to, dive deep into music and yeah. kind of why it is what it is and the people behind it and you know what what they were trying to portray and, and things like that and like isaac our, our drummer um he's he's like a, a library of music knowledge and that was something that we were all into and i had always had a, a special affinity for an attachment being from colorado and like then after finding it going to see Woven Hand and Slim Sessions Auto Club when I was pretty young and just being so taken by the whole thing. And I think in the early days of Wayfair, it was more a subtle influence, you know, because we were focused on being like a metal band and doing the like sort of whatever folk black metal type of stuff mm-hmm. that we started doing. Um, but, you know, as we settled more into our sound, because always when you start a band, you know, the first bit of output is like, you can tell what what they like, you know, what they yeah, like. For sure. stuff. It's it's a little bit more directly inspired, or even like at sometimes derivative of things like that. And yeah, you're figuring it out still. Yeah, exactly. So we were that way too. Um, where you know we started way back when we were teenagers, more like we want to be you know Opeth and enslaved and all that stuff. But then after you settle in and you start to like play with each other more and get more comfortable doing it, you know, I think then your own stuff kind of starts to come through and i think that that influence of that woven hand 16 horsepower stuff was starting to come through in little ways especially come like the second album it was like a Mm -hmm. little more concerted effort where it's like okay 
you know, the first album was all about mountains and it's all like kind of lush, folky black metal stuff. And the second one, we wanted it to be this like dusty plainsy sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I think that that woven hand sort of feeling just really started to come to the forefront anyway, like a bit subconsciously because of that. And after we did that album and really started to go down some of those paths a little bit, that's when we kind of more had the conversation where it's like, you know, this is something like this is starting to become something else. And that's a good thing. And, uh, we should just, you know, hone it in and, and let it, you know, let it happen. And so I think it it came from a musical standpoint first, and then the, uh, aesthetics and the, and the story aspect kind of married along with it because, all of us and, and definitely myself are, are into music that's like kind of storytelling in nature. Um, you know, I think, you know, Opeth being the, the gateway band to the type of metal and stuff that I listened to. And it was the same for a lot of the guys. Um, Opeth and Insulated yeah. and stuff was like fertile ground for a lot of us. You know, those, those bands just have a great sense of like storytelling and composition where even beyond the lyrics, you know, the lyrics are almost just kind of dressing where it's like the, the music has a lot of weight and arcs to it and it like tells a story and mm-hmm. that's something that we always liked and I, and I always liked and um, I think we wanted to do that with Wayfair and, and we started to notice that it was like starting to sound like our home and I think you know so then the themes and ideas kind of started to uh, just manifest themselves based on that and uh, the last album before this one World's Blood was like a, a bit more conceptual about like um, growing up in a place like this and, and sort of feeling like a haunting presence from the tragedies and, and genocides that have been occurred in its making over the years. And then this album in particular was history. Yes, but as much or more than that, it was, it was kind of about the the legend and the mythologizing of the West, you know, like how it's yeah. um this, this thing that all around the world, you know, people know or, well, you know, people have a picture in their mind of what the Wild West is and what it was like, mm-hmm. what all the tropes and aesthetics of it are. And, you know, that's something that I've always loved and enjoyed uh, culturally and, um, and and a lot of us have. And so we basically wanted to make this album like a big, bloody Western film, but that when you dig deeper into it, it it's kind of peeling back the curtain on relationship between that and like how it actually was maybe and and how people you know romanticize it like the title says and get mm-hmm. into these things and 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 how that kind of relates to uh, a human cultural thing in general where you know like every culture kind of has their like mythology that ultimately circles back to like terrible savage behavior by its people uh and, mm-hmm. and that over time people just look back on that with you know the rose-colored glasses and and you know see these people as heroes and stuff where it's just like this is you know here in the the united states it's just conquerors and murderers and you know blood and greed and um yeah so that's that's kind of what we wanted to do and and we wanted to play it to both sides a bit you know where it's like we we're not pretending ourselves to be above any of this or to have the answers even to the questions. It's more just raising the questions. You know, we're like, it, it was intended to be a big bloody Western film in itself and like revel in that intentionally, but it's also kind of uh, questioning it at the same time. I think that's really cool. And it's true. Cause it's such a weird thing as an American, or like you said, from other 
countries and civilizations, you got the same kind of questions. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's like what America, you know, we're proud of that. You know, you're proud of expanding to the West and modernizing and mm-hmm. becoming this powerful country. But then it's like you said, you guys, you know, you peel it back a little bit and you start seeing these horrible things that went along with it. And it's like, how do you really, you know, how do you think about like both aspects of it? Like mm-hmm. the good of it, the bad of it, you know, it's just such a weird, it's such a, I don't know what you want to call it, duality or, you know, yeah. but it's, it's, it's an odd thing to have to like think about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And, um, like I said, you know, we don't, we don't have the answers either. It's just, uh, it's, it's just exploring it through music. Yeah. Well, I think I did it in such a cool way too. Cause it got me thinking a lot about it, you know? And I mean, it's like, you know, in school you don't learn a lot about, uh, you know, you learn some of that stuff, but you don't get to the, the details like, um, like you guys, I, I like how you focused on like the railroad, you know, like right. the cover. You've got you've got the, the railroad on the cover. You've got the song. I mean, it's obviously to me, it seems like it's a strong uh, theme in there. Yes, and I like that because it's like a perfect example of like again expanding out, but also the horrible things that went along with it. it. Just like you said, maybe you don't have the answers to that, but it gets you thinking about both sides of that. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree, and I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you you gleaned that from listening to the the record because that's yeah kind of where we were coming from and yeah I mean like the the railroad is like almost like a character in the in the album you know if if the album is kind of intended to be a performance or a film sort of thing um it's got these kind of like characters like you have your crimson rider which is like your you know archetypal outlaw on the plains character and then the yeah. iron horse is the railroad and it's it's just kind of like the harbinger of this whole thing you know it's like it's the pale horse death riding west um because mm-hmm. yeah it was just such an anchor point you know such an advancement in expansionism that it, it i think it makes for a good symbol of of everything moving west and just like you know the, the railroads being built um how much came along with that and it makes for a good, like, nice, subtle thing for the cover instead of being overt. You know, with an album called A Romance of Violence, we could have people shooting people on the cover. But I think having the, the railroad is like more the, you know, what what kind of large scale violence lurks at the heart of these movements? Yeah, that's perfect. It's such a it's like a, such on, on such a deeper level. That, like you said, it makes you it makes you think about it a little bit more. Yeah. That's I, I, I hope so <laughs> <laughs> for me. I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but, but for me, it did. I would just I really I really love that that cover. I like the you guys' last cover, too. I mean, there's just two strong covers in a row. But but yeah, I just really think it it hits home with that. And like I said, it makes me think about a lot. And I ho- hopefully I mean, because I just think a lot of people um, I think a lot of people don't probably haven't thought about some of that stuff on there. I just think, like you said, maybe you don't have to have answers for everything. But I think it's uh, it's cool that an album like that might make someone look into, Oh, what, what, you know, what went along with building the railroad or what, you know, what, what happened, what kind of people were slaughtered and, you know, Mm. you know, the whole history with native Americans and all this kind of stuff that maybe people maybe learned in school, maybe didn't learn in school, but I just, you know, it's something that's cool to think about, you know, along with the album. I know it's not like the main, like you said, it's not the only goal of the album, but, but it's it's cool to, that it brings that up for me at least. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that comes across and i mean yeah there's there's so many elements of it you know we only touch on a few throughout the album but you know it's like we're just exploring the west as an idea and you know we can only cover cover so much ground but i think the the railroad is a a piece of that and you know the album is hopefully like opening yeah opening a, a bigger path into looking into all that whether you want to or not or whether you want to just sit with it for 45 minutes with the record and 
you know, right. get what you get from it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it, the other thing too is like you guys, I mean like the last album, I was a big fan of that, but then this one, it, it really pushed it over the edge for me just with the fact of it being so, uh, you know, I know you guys have used the word cinematic and that, you know, that was like a goal of it and, and it's so seamless and it just feels like this complete package. And, uh, I mean, that's like, that's kind of one of my favorite things that an album can do is really when it feels like you have to listen to it full through. Like if I listen to the, your guys' album and I only get a song or two, it just doesn't feel right. You know, you don't, you didn't finish it or some albums, you know, you can kind of dip in and out of, but yeah, I just, I really love that about it and how you guys kind of took the last one, but really upped all that on this one. Uh, I appreciate that as well, man. Cause yeah, that's, uh, that's the type of stuff we like. And I think with this band in particular, that's, yeah, a lot of the intent, you know, because again, it's it's that like storytelling kind of thing. And um, it's we're, we're definitely like we think of things in a in a bigger picture way. And I think we write the albums in, in that way. Not to say that that's, you know, better or above the way anybody else approaches it. That's just like definitely how we think about music. You know, when, when we start thinking about a new album, it's not just like, oh, I have these couple songs. Let's put them together. It's, you know, like once a cycle ends, like when the world's blood cycle had ended with all the touring and all that, and we started to turn our attention towards doing a new record. It all started with a conversation first, not any music, you know, where it's like, okay, what do we want this next one to be about? And not just about in terms of the the themes of the lyrics, but, you know, what do we want it to feel like? What do we want it to be presented like? You know, how do we want it to come off in, in, in all the aspects? And I think that's, yeah, just what we like to do with this band um you know and some people that's whatever for they just want to hear some some riffs and get on with it and that's fine but i think uh anybody who's into that i hope that yeah they they do find it here because that's that's definitely what we're into is building it building a whole cohesive package like you said like it you know i i don't think we're good at writing singles we've never haven't tried in a long time anyway to like write a song to stand alone as a song we usually think of every every bit of it as like a piece of a whole and uh yeah, even like the art and the packaging of, of the record, it all kind of ties into that too. Yeah, that's why I hope, you know, I hope like the full length doesn't go away because I just feel like every year you hear more talk about bands just wanting to put like the singles out or the EPs out, you know. Right. I think all that's fine, but it's like, man, at the end of the day, I would, it, you know, you, you can't really replicate like something like this or a lot of other albums that, that do that kind of thing, you know, with with just like a, you know, an EP. Yeah, I, you know, it, it definitely works for certain types of music or even just certain ways people approach writing music. But I think it'll always be around at some point. You know, everyone always loves to scream doomsday about one thing or another, like, oh, this is going away. This is, you know, it's yeah. not like they used to. But with, with stuff like this, it's just like there are enough people like yourself and myself who, you know, who like things like that and uh, who, who listen to full albums and, and, you know, prefer to have that kind of experience and stuff. And, for that reason, I think I don't think it's ever gonna go away. You know, like what what's popular and what happens are two different things. Yeah, and true. And, you know, especially in this day and age where because of the internet and everything, it's it's so much easier to get stuff out there and and for people to like you know create some stuff and have people be able to find it. That everything's happening everywhere all the time. <laughs> where it's like yeah. there's 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 gonna be people doing doing things maybe at different scales, but yeah, I I, I don't think it'll ever go away. And I think metal in particular. Things like that have a stronghold because, you know, metal people who listen to metal regularly, metalheads, whatever you want to call them, they largely are kind of a, a different breed when it comes to being a music fan. You know, where 
for a lot of people, it's either more casual or even if they're really into it. And I'm sure there there is some crossover, but you know, it's it's just not so engrossing as it seems to be with like almost the majority of metalheads where you know the people who are into this stuff really are into it mm-hmm. and they 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 want a full album they want to own it physically and they want all that stuff and you know they will like sit there and pour over the lyrics and and the packaging and all that whereas all this like you know your mainstream top 40 stuff like they just put stuff online because nobody cared about the cds anyway and what was in the liner notes um maybe not nobody but definitely a smaller percentage as i think metalheads do because metalheads are just like generally nerds of some kind or other that <laughs> yeah. you know like myself included that just kind of attach that whatever kind of a- attraction to to the music and and i think you know it just a- attracts the type of person that really wants to dive full on into something so it lends well to that sort of thing yeah no i think you're right yeah it's i don't think it's going to go away anytime soon and Good point. If you want it, you're always going to be able to find it. That's for sure. Yeah. Will it be popular ever? Probably not. But <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So we'll all just struggle <laughs> along and, you know, do monthly band camp sales to try to survive. But <laughs> it's worth it because it's cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to ask one more question about the, um, we were talking about kind of like the cinematic aspect of the album and everything. Like, how did you map that out? Like, did you know, you know, va- Vaudeville, like the last track, did you have that written you know, did you write it along the way? Like, you know, it's very an ebb and flow kind of an album. So how did you like piece that together? Was it, was it planned out and then written or, or what kind of happened with that? Um, I guess it's a bit of both. Like, so I'd say world world's blood is where the band kind of hit, hit its stride more. I think where we, you know, there's a lot more explorations of it on the album before at old souls, but world's blood was more the first album where we really hit something with, with full kind of intent. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we had this overarching idea from the beginning of what the vibe of it was and what it was going to sort of be about how it would play out. But you still like kind of allow a looseness in the, in the writing process because other, you know, you don't, you don't want it to be too constrained or calculated from the beginning because then it's not allowed to be expressive or interesting. Um, Right. But I think, you know, having the the big picture idea from the start and throughout the whole thing, anything that happens within there, you know, will generally kind of make sense and anything that doesn't will be weeded out anyway. And so I think with that one, it was like, you know, we had the idea, but we just kind of like wrote and wrote and wrote. And then after a while, the album seemed to be taking shape and we just kind of honed it in from there. I think with this time, we used the experience of that last album where we had one under our belts that we actually did feel like we knew what we were doing. And, you know, this time I think we approached that a little bit more informed by that experience and how that writing process went. So I think there was a little bit more design in a way where we maybe knew about how long it was going to be and like somewhat of a flow of, of the album, like, you know, where there might be like an interlude or or where it might, as you said, ebb, ebb and flow. But still at the same time, we let the songs just kind of take their shape. And I think the last song, this was one of the rare occasions where the last song was actually written last and we did that very on purpose this time because that last song, like thematically, each of the other songs has like a, a story inside of it, basically. You know, you have your like Crimson Rider, which is about that archetype character. You have the Iron Horse, which is about the railroad. You have Masquerade of the Gunslingers, which is just this kind of like performative dance of the whole thing. Fire and Gold is about like, it's from the perspective of of somebody going out west, perceivably around that time period, and kind of the the opportunity that they see in all of it when it may actually come crashing down around them. But Vaudeville was intentionally where all those threads would kind of connect and overlap. 
Mm-hmm. And that song, at least from a lyrical standpoint, is kind of, you know, where all those characters and everything is like a part of this one big performance that's supposed to come off that way. And the, the lyrics are, are from the perspective of somebody taking that performance in. But it was intended from the start to be a kind of summation and conclusion to the album. And so we uh, we did intentionally write that one last. And uh, I think, you know, we wanted to include a lot of the elements that are throughout the album musically. So it has like the heavy parts. It has some of the more Americana feeling type stuff. And then we also decided to lean into some of that more where it's like we also want this song to feel different. And we want it to feel like what it's about. And we want it to, you know, have its own mark. And I think in the past we've kind of done all sorts of things with the endings of albums. Because, again, we're totally those people that like a whole experience thing. And we've done the, like, have the most, you know, sprawling epic song at the end. We've had the most, like, heaviest song come last uh, on World's Blood. It ends with, like, a fully acoustic song. And so, in wanting to do something different again, we are just like, let's just write this, like, kind of strange song that, like, really doubles down on some of the stranger elements of the band. But has a kind of one, uh, it's like a three-part composition. And it kind of goes through all those arcs that that covers the territory of the whole album while also having its own kind of bend. And uh, so, yeah, that one just came together that way. And those those songs, like the most atypical ones, like on this album, Vaudeville and Fire and Gold, those are kind of the most fun for us to write at the end of the day because, mm. you know, the metal stuff we love, uh, but, but we've just been doing it so long that, you know, you're, you're still excited about it and, and you still want to explore new things and take that to new places. But... Once once we really start diving into that new territory, that's where I think all of our, you know, just musician excitement gets gets ramped up. Like we worked on those songs pretty heavily in the studio, actually, where it's just like, let's, you know, let's make these as much of a, you know, if this is going to be the end of the album, for example, with Vaudeville, it's like this song has to really stand out and like carve its own place. Um, yeah. And that's that's just really fun for us to do. Yeah, I mean, God, it works so well, too. It just feels like, you know, it feels like the end of a movie or, you know, it just really caps everything off. I completely love that song. But when you guys are writing it, too, I mean, because I'm listening to the album a lot and I'm thinking, like, man, this everything sounds so natural in it. Like, when you guys transition from some of those folksy parts or Americana parts and you, and you bring back to the more the aggressive stuff or, I mean, that song is a great example with all the transitions in it. Are, are you guys... To me, I picture you guys in a room kind of, uh, you know, jamming some of these parts out or, or, or working these parts like that. How much of it is that versus like writing parts on your own? Uh, I think over time we found our stride in our, our writing method, which is a combination of both. You know, there's like talking about the other guys in the band. There's so much musicianship among those guys. Um, you know, like we were joking earlier about the guitar stuff and like being like a savant guitar player. But a lot of times from a, the musical standpoint, I feel like the weakest link of this project is watching the other guys play. And we've all been playing together for so long that I think we've just worked out a really good chemistry. And so with that in mind, you know, we do jam a lot. And World's Blood, for example, I think was written a lot. Us just in the practice space, just like going at all these songs and seeing what happens and, and, and fleshing them out. And then, you know, maybe like tweaking some things after the fact, at least uh, in the compositional stage. But this one, I think we we found a really good balance of doing a bit of that and a bit of composition like on its own, which made the album, I think a bit more focused because the only downside of doing the, you know, more organic jam it out stuff is that, you know, it's just so easy to 
just keep going down one path or like veer off into something mm-hmm. else completely and and that can be cool but you know we did have a very clear intent with this record and each kind of piece like each song along the way had a role to fill so i think we found a good balance where the compositions would start in a very loose skeletal way um like i would write some stuff and i would bring it you know knowing that's like this is this point in the album so it's going to be this sort of thing and and it would kind of have a direction already and then we would go and we would play it and we would start to kind of jam on some parts and see what would happen and we would record a lot of this and then kind of go through it after the the session and you know talk about what really worked and what was really like serving the song and accomplishing the goal that we wanted to and what was maybe just you know a path we went down jam wise for a while and uh and we went back and forth like that a lot where it would like start i would bring a a very basic open-ended composition and then we would jam it out in practice and record it and then like sit with that recording for a while and listen to the parts that really worked and stuff and then kind of rewrite the composition based on that, bring it back and do it again. And uh, we would typically do that a few times. And uh, I, I just think that that brought the best of both worlds where it was ultimately focused, but still allowed, you know, the musicianship of the band to like just take place in a natural way because it, it is supposed to come off natural. And I'm glad that it did because, you know, we we've the last albums we've even recorded them live for the most part we'll overdub some stuff but we like to play together and play off of each other a lot and i think that's a lot of the strength of the band like you know we're proud of the studio efforts and and this one i think more so feels more realized for what we intended than the past ones but um I, i still think we're a live band more than anything at the end of the day and so we try to find ways to translate that to the record so that it has that natural kind of energy because we've just been playing together for a long time and there's a lot of good musical chemistry in this band a lot of people bring a lot of ideas you know it's like i might bring that initial composition of the song the initial kind of skeleton of it but uh a lot of ideas happen in the space and like a lot of people are are like oh we should you know go into this sort of thing or like explore this kind of feel here and that happens a lot and i think it's important to uh allow that it's just a a matter of balancing between the two like keeping the focus but but letting it be and i feel pretty good about it this time yeah yeah like i said it comes through big time so that's that's interesting i like that approach like a combination of both i feel like i feel like that that would work really well i think that's what i would like to do if you know if i was in your shoes just have a little bit of an idea and then be able to flesh it out with some other people and get those other ideas going and bounce things off each other just seems like it would work you know it's a good combo yeah yeah absolutely it's it's great i'm just you know Stoked to play with the people I do. Um, like we've we've been doing this for so long that uh, yeah, this this is definitely a project that you know it wouldn't work if it was like rebuilt. Um, mm-hmm. So this is what it's supposed to be. So I'm I'm glad to glad to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, well, listen. Before I let you go, um, you know we got the end of the year coming up. I'm, this this interview will probably be, we're gonna put an episode out. You know, talk about our favorites of the year and everything. Do you have uh, some favorites that you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I do. I. Uh, I actually had to write up a list for my job. I work at a, a brewery called True Brewing. That's like a metal oh, yeah. brewery kind of place. So we do little year-end lists. Um, so I actually just had to do this. So I, I do have some stuff. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always kind of nice because it's so easy to forget like what all actually came out in the yeah. last year. And every time I think about a year-end list, I usually realize that half the things I thought of came out like two years ago or something. <laughs> I just, yeah, right. you know, listened to them a lot this year. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, from what came out this year, it actually turned out to be a pretty strong year, which is good considering 
how weird it was. Strong yeah, in terms for of sure. terrible year in terms of everything else. Uh, but it was like, uh, I think. I, I, I don't have an order. I don't think I necessarily have an album of the year, but mm-hmm. some things that I spent more time with, uh, there's Molasses, uh, which is that band. It's like a kind of a continuation of The Devil's Blood. Okay, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool, man. It's, it's you know, very 70s rock, a little bit prog-informed type of band. I, we saw them live at Roadburn. Wayfair played like a side stage thing at Roadburn last year in 2019. And the one day we were there was the day that Molasses was playing. And I, I had been a fan of The Devil's Blood, but I didn't actually know that they were a thing. And watching them live was just awesome. It was just like, you know, very world-class musician performance. And okay. uh, they finally put out that record. I think it came out the same day as ours, actually. Oh, nice. A couple okay. months ago. And that one I've listened to a whole time. Uh, the new Aransi Pazuzu album I've listened to a whole time. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that band's awesome. They're one of my favorite <laughs> contemporary bands, for sure. I think they're... I still need to see that live stream. I heard that was was pretty cool. I haven't really watched a whole lot of live streams, but that one sounds like it's good. Yeah, I, I would watch that, because I'm, I'm not really too much a fan of live streams either. Like some with, you know, when bands do something special with it or, or have a whole lot of production value behind it they can be cool but otherwise mm-hmm. you know like some people have asked us like oh you guys gonna do it it's just like man nobody wants to watch us practice <laughs> you know like we'll, <laughs> we'll wait till we can play a show but um yeah but i'm sure theirs would be cool because I, I did finally see them live at the end of last year and they were so fucking red um i bet and yeah it's just it's a very experiential thing like that band you know that's another one that you can't just like drop in drop out like it's it's uh put it on and yeah it's immersive <laughs> yeah yeah wade into the psychedelic path <laughs> of crazy shit that they're doing yeah um i loved i loved that new record um i may butcher the pronunciation but there's that finnish band have i believe oh yeah for sure um i've never actually heard it said out loud by anyone finnish so uh, yeah could be way off but uh that band's awesome it, i'm a big moon sorrow fan but you know, Moonsaro can can lean too hard into the the like hokey aspects sometimes. <laughs> right. And I, I do like that shit. But you know, I just I get that knock against them for some people. Plus, you know, it's a lot of like twenty minute songs, things like that. Right. And I think right. Havakrunu has this like they have a lot of the same feelings that Moonsaro has, where it's like this kind of epic, you know, exploratory black metal, but it's more it's it like trims the fat and it's more black metal at the end of the day and the riffs For are sure. just fucking great and i think that album sounds great and it's definitely one of my my favorite things in that realm i've heard in some time it's a fun one yeah yeah definitely um those those are probably the top like three that have gotten the most spins from me but uh, i don't know there's been a lot of great stuff the denver scene is still doing all sorts of awesome shit the black curse record was awesome um, yeah. the new primitive man record was definitely awesome and i think they you know they finally found their perfect balance of like production and and uh composition on that mm-hmm. record i mean it still sounds and feels like a lot of hammers to the face very slowly <laughs> but you know right. they just capture that like no one else can that record was great the bleak heart record from denver is also great especially if you like any sad like strung out kind of just heavy depressing rock <laughs> okay yeah i don't think i've heard of that one uh yeah i mean this is just all like the kind of denver circle that we're spoiled to be a part yeah. of um you know here everybody plays in everybody's bands everybody yeah. practice spaces <laughs> like we 
are about to share the Wayfarer practice space where two of our other bands that some of us are in in Wayfarer already practice in and, and actually Dreadnought and Bleak Heart are moving into that practice space in January. Um, okay, nice. So yeah, that's the stuff I keep up on the most is, is all the stuff that's going on in Denver because there's just so many cool bands here. I'm, I'm sure I'm drawing a blank on other stuff, but those are those are some of the ones I've spent the most time with this year for sure. Those are good. The ones I know, at least those are, those are solid. Man. Yeah, fair, awesome. yeah. What about you? Oh man. Well, you probably got a segment to do on that. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be, this will be after it. But yeah, I mean like you mentioned some of the big ones right there. I mean, I don't want, I'm not trying to pump you guys up, but I mean, your guys' album is, is, is way high up there. Appreciate um, I really like, you, are they actually, are they from Denver? Maybe that Achilles, Achilles, the dude from Nightbringer. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's from Denver, but yes, he is from Colorado anyway. Not, okay. yeah, not so associated with like these circles, but, um, yeah. I think he still lives here and, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's one of his many projects associated with Nightbringer. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of stuff going on, but I was I was pretty big into that one for sure. Yeah, you know, I a lot of the death metal from this year I've been into, like Faceless Burial. Mm-hmm. That was a big one, you know, Black Curse Two of Feather and Bone and yeah. Undeath, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, Feather and Bone are, are good friends of ours too. Oh yeah, okay. are, they, are they from Denver? Yeah, to... yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're yeah. Uh, they're in the city and they're just really awesome dudes. Like that band is full of the nicest people you could come across, literally. And uh, That's what I've all, heard all of them do a lot to help out other bands in the scene and just like yeah, they're they they fucking rule. They're good dudes. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I've heard that from I feel like from somebody else who's toured with them. So yeah, um, did you ever check out that band? Man, I don't know how how exactly you pronounce it, but. Esactrillium or yes oh actually yeah that was one that was on my list too i also have no idea how to pronounce it so i'm glad <laughs> yeah. you took the bullet there but um yeah yeah that band is awesome i i hadn't heard of them i had missed the the last few releases i don't keep up super uh uh stringently with that i i avoid hanger stuff but i like yeah you know i've liked some of the bands on the label over the years that band haunter um that's on the label are also friends of ours and they put out a record last year through i avoid hanger that was really awesome but uh, I did find that that band that you named that I'm not going to try. It's Doctrine, <laughs> yeah. I think, is it? Um, yeah. And yeah, that was awesome. Like the the implementation of other instruments, you know, overlaid or or in conjunction with the the metal parts was really great. Like that that's another pretty big scope album that I think they they nailed. It's really long, so it's definitely uh, it is commitment. But it's it's it does keep your interest. Like I I really fucking dig the whole thing. And it was one of those where like I heard it first and i was really into it but sometimes there's these albums that like you know just uh kind of wow you with something different at first and then they don't really hold up after a while mm-hmm. um and i i almost wondered if that was going to happen with that but i've i did pick up the lp and i've listened to it a couple of times since and i think it's just actually a really well-written record yeah and it's one dude <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i mean <laughs> which, which, which kind of makes sense in a way it's like it is a lot to take on but it's also you know there's so much layered on top of each other that it's it could only really be one person's yeah, thing. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty big into that. There's there's been a lot this year, man. It's like I got to sit down and really look at it. Make you know, you got to order it up. Still, I'm still trying to take stuff in, and mm-hmm. there's still stuff coming out, you know. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch up a little bit. Yeah, this, I I honestly feel like year end lists should come out like two years after the year, <laughs> you know? Because yeah, I think back on the last several years and you know, what I might have said in December of that year versus what I ultimately ended up listening to the most. 
it definitely mm-hmm. does change because like you said you got to like sit with it and really discover everything and then the things that you do find like see what you you know what really sticks with you but people exactly. are too, way too uh uh what's the word you know instant gratification for that can't can't be yeah. about 2020 in two years we gotta be on the on that new new you know <laughs> exactly man it's crazy it's crazy it's like i feel like when it comes to the list stuff too man it's like what do you i mean i feel like i don't listen to probably five of the albums you know five of your favorites a few years later just because the volume of shit coming out anyway so it's tough to keep up but Mm -hmm. anyways man i appreciate it i didn't mean to go so long but like i said i'm just a big ass big fan of this album so i kind of nerded out on it a little bit but uh, i appreciate the time man i appreciate that and yeah i mean i've enjoyed the talk so i didn't even realize it had been a while probably uh it was a nice excuse to keep me from doing productive things i should be doing so i appreciate that <laughs> awesome man well uh good luck with the rest of why well, you guys aren't touring or anything right now but i'm sure people sure are still are picking not. up the album and doing all that stuff yeah we're uh we're itching for the tour thing but you know we live in reality so we know it's going to be a while but uh yeah we're fucking ready to go. I'm sure. Yeah, so I'm sure. You said you're up in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. D- Detroit area or somewhere else? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like an hour hour from Detroit. I'm in a pretty rural area, but okay. you know that's the big that's the closest one. Okay. Well, yeah. Hopefully, we'll make it out that way. We played it in Detroit once in 2016 at a meadery. Okay. Yeah. Meadery. It was weird. It was a weird that. setup, but it was fun. <laughs> that's cool. I really my goal my biggest goal was to catch you guys at Fire the Mountains, man. I mean, that's like. I love out west. I love fuck. I've been to the Tetons, you know, hiking oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And once I saw that festival, I was like, you know, that's a goal, man. I really, I really want to get out there. So once things open back up, that's where I want to see you guys. I feel like that's awesome. a perfect environment for it. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should. That's um, we're lucky to be uh, directly associated with that festival over the years. I am actually involved in the festival itself, and uh, okay, I can tell you, it's it's fun. It's worthwhile. I bet, man. Just playing. I mean, playing in front of those mountains, whoever came up with that idea it's just one of the most the coolest things and yeah i just i love the concept of it yeah yeah i mean if you ever want to talk about that to let me know because yeah i mean not to extend this on too much further but the the whole impetus of that festival is actually um a few years ago 2015 what you know and we were even a much smaller band than we are now which we're still a pretty small band but uh this this guy who we did not know just contacted us out of the blue through like our Bandcamp contact forum or something. And he was just like, hi, I live in Jackson, Wyoming. And we throw this party up by the Grand Tetons every year where we do these awesome bonfires and just like hang out in front of these fucking mountains. And they're like, we play your album on our radio show. And what if we bring you guys out here and, you know, bring some generators out to the middle of nowhere and you just play in front of them. We're like, well, that sounds way too cool to actually be true. Like, who the fuck are you and what's this deal? Yeah. Um, but the first year, it really was just these dudes who have now become friends of ours who are just really passionate metalheads who live up there in their little island. And they they made it happen. You know, they brought us out, like just cold called us, brought us out, brought generators, built the bonfires, built a stage. Uh <laughs> And we just did this show in the middle of the wilderness that year, like against the Grand Tetons. And we were the only band on the first year. Wow. And then, you know, we were talking to them afterwards and they're like, this is great. Like, do you guys want to do it again next year? And we're like, well, absolutely. Duh. But also you guys should have some like fucking other bands. play. <laughs> like, we're the only ones here. Um, and, and they were kind of just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But, you know, we don't really know anybody. Um, and I was just like, okay, well, we know some people. So the next year we brought Falls of Raros because we were touring with them and we kind of routed it intentionally to go back there. 
and uh, okay. Vilnius, who are also from Colorado, with us. And then the following year, we brought Blood Incantation and Dreadnought. And uh, after a while, uh, let's just say the first few years were not official in the way they were set up. And okay. there was pressure from the outside about that. And, you know, <laughs> they, did, they were like, well, we might as well go legitimate now. And I started booking the festival just because of the connections through Wayfair and whatnot. I just knew a lot more people in that, that field. So I've been booking the festival since. Um, wow. And yeah, that's that's such a cool way to start it off too. It's like a collaborative kind of like just grassroots way to start a festival. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. It's awesome. And those, those guys like, you know, they definitely do the, the, the workhorse part of it, you know, like there's so much, Mm -hmm. there's, there's so much that goes into that thing. It's, it's like, it's crazy. Um, just in terms of all the, you know, red tape you have to go through and all the things that have to be set up. Like it really is, it's on this ranch, you know, in, in Teton County, like overlooking the, the Tetons himself and that's it. You're just on a ranch. So, you know, to make all the things happen to get a metal, metal festival happening there, especially now with like international acts and stuff, it's extremely involved. And like, you know, it's a lot of work for me, but I mostly just send emails to bands. So I can't complain. Yeah. But, uh, it's pretty fucking cool too. Like you mentioned, like, you know, growing up with enslaved, I know you guys had enslaved slotted for this year. Yeah. Or, yeah. Enslaved. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. No, it, that was definitely a dream come true type moment, especially cause we're, we're, you know, we're kind of going in a direction inspired by Roadburn where, not only do we have a band like that, but we like work a little bit directly with them in terms of like, you know, having Ivar Bjornsson from Enslaved uh, actually curate some of the artists to play. Because um, mm. at this point, it's not just me that books the festival, which thank God, because like I, I am, I do get very exhausted by all the emails yeah, being like, bet. hey, you should put my band on. I'm just like, okay, I'll put you on the list with 600 other bands. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's cool now because we have like Enslaved was going to be the first one and is still going to be the first one that... Um, you know, Ivar like hand picked like four or five artists um, to bring to the festival, and and it's like you know going beyond just them playing. Like they're also going to be doing a couple like um, little like uh, workshops and 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 talks and things around the fest. So we're trying to make it into into like a a general experience because if if people are going to drive all the way out to the middle of Wyoming for this thing, like yeah. we might as well make it cool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. That's not, I'm seriously. I got to get to that. It sounds so so cool. Yeah, you should. Um, yeah, let me know if you want to talk more about stuff like that down the road. And uh, yeah, man. But right now, we're just hoping to do it at some point. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I know you guys are probably because you guys had it all booked up. I mean, I saw all the all the flyers and all the you mm-hmm. know the stuff for. I mean, it, are you guys trying to just do the same thing then? Like, yeah, it, you know, fingers crossed. Or yep, we postponed it to late July of 2021. Um, that decision was made in May of this year and yeah, it's, it's at such a weird limbo now, you know, because there's this like hope of the the vaccines and all that, but Mm -hmm. there's also a lot that, yeah, could go wrong and, and that we already know is going to go wrong because, you know, half the country's like, I won't take the vaccine. It's going to turn me into Bill Gates' (laughs) personal sex slave or whatever. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard to say. And, you know, I, yeah. I'm trying to stay optimistic. I'm also trying to stay realistic uh, where, you know, I'm I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do it in 2021 mm-hmm. or not. But we're not closing the book on it yet because it could. It could still work out. It it's could, and you guys at least have the advantage of being outdoors. It so is, yeah. Got to count for something. And that part, we've always been like, that's good. But, you know, the issue is nobody's from there, so everybody's traveling to get mm. there. Um, so that's yeah. the real thing. Like, and bands included, you know, like, hey, First and foremost, we want everybody coming to 
feel safe and, you know, be safe getting there. Um, but then, yeah, like even from the perspective of like the bands, right. I, I'm pretty sure there's still a travel ban to the U S as we speak now. So, you know, a lot of those plans would be affected and we, and we don't want to do the thing if it's going to be, you know, neutered by something like that. So for sure, we'll fucking see, we will do it at some point. I'm hoping it's late July of 2021, but it might be 2022. We'll see whenever the world decides to be sane again. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, man. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right, man. Well, well, sorry to keep you, but no, no, this I mean, stuff I, gets me excited. <laughs> no, dude, I'm hey, I got nothing going on. I pre, I like I said, I've been pretty interested in that for a while. I went down a rabbit hole. I think it was last year, just watching the videos. And like I said, I've been out there hiking. We just loved it, man. Just like you know, just the area. And so it was just like, wait a minute, I can go somewhere where it's so fucking awesome, and combine it with what I, you know, the two things I love: hiking and mountains and metal. I mean, I was just you know. So, no, I'm very yeah. interested in it overall. So it makes for a decent combination. Exactly. <laughs> right on. Well, well uh, this has been great, man. Thank you for for having me on, and yeah, for talking about all the all the stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for all the detail, man. I appreciate it. And like for I sure. said, good luck with the rest of everything going on with the band and all your other fucking awesome projects and everything, man. So appreciate it. 